Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Okay, super kick bye in three, two, one. I think I was a bit behind you there. That felt like a massive delay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's try it again. <laughs> you said three, two, one. For some reason, it's like, oh, fuck, clap. <laughs> keep, keep recording. Don't worry about it. Okay. Are you ready this time? I am. I'm, st- I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Very Tired Dads Talk About the Worst Event of Their Favorite Event. <laughs> Let me start that again. No, we're Hello. going. We're going. We're going with it. <laughs> the worst version of their favorite event each year in recent memory. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Oh, my goodness. I am tired. You are tired. I have the sniffles. It th- don't don't worry, dear listener. This isn't like a change of character where I'm going to suddenly become like sexual chocolate tax Williams, where I'm just going <laughs> to serenade you. <laughs> uh, no, I am a little bit under the weather today, but I am genuinely very very happy just to be chatting with my friend about shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's 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 interesting because the Rumble traditionally is my favorite pay per view of the year. I fucking love a Royal Rumble, and like you know, this is part two of our Into the Dragon podcast series. One of my favorites is of all time, Daniel Bryan's run to WrestleMania Triple X. You know, WrestleMania Thirty. This is WWE Royal Rumble twenty fourteen, and I have vivid memories of this being Punk's last Rumble. We'll get into it, obviously. The immensely awful ending to this rumble and being genuinely furious with it at the time but it's um there's some good on this show and there's some fucking terrible on this show it's really the 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 difference between the two is kind of astonishing so if you didn't listen to last week's episode first of all welcome to the world of wrestling podcast and second of Mm. all if you didn't listen to last week and you subscribed go back what are you doing Go back and listen to that one in our archives, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Search World of Wrestling Podcast on your podcast app of preference to listen to You carry to on being professional while I crack open this beer, okay? No problem. And also, more importantly, if you enjoyed entering the dragon like Bree does, you're going full on Bree mode with that beer, aren't you? You're going to be hammered by the end of this podcast. Help. I've got two Kit Kats, mate. <laughs> Help Rich get hammered using Kit Kats by buying a t shirt at amazon.co.uk. We've got our fantastic murder clown um, and us riding on our stallion of a unicorn, kindly co-created by the wonderful Willpower and your delightful soon-to-be wife, which was excellent. Um, And also we've got our CM Punk sort of copycat t-shirt up there, which is... (laughs) But while you eat your Kit Kat... Again, if you listened last week, you know it's sort of a prequel episode. We had the wonderful Monday Night Raw where the fans took over in Daniel Bryan's home state. And that was a go-home show for TLC. We ended Mm. TLC watching John Cena help pick up Stephanie and standing with the authority over a fallen Randy Orton. We've obviously jumped forward now to the Royal Rumble. But I thought it'd be worthwhile giving you some context on how we get to the Rumble. So obviously TLC. I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the results 
And I'd also like you to start keeping score of how many wrestlers' names I mention on this show who recently appeared on WWE programming. So we had mm. on the kickoff... 2014, just to give reference. 2014. Sorry. So, well, this was the TLC 2013 because it was the oh, last, yeah, okay. last pay-per-view of the year. We started on the prelim show with Fanda- sorry, Fandango with Summer Rae defeating Dolph Ziggler on the pre-show in 4 minutes 21 seconds. The pay-per-view opened up with CM Punk versus the entire Shield in a handicap match, which CM Punk won. AJ Lee with Tamina defeated Natalia, defending and retaining the Divas Championship, so we're still in Divas title territory here. Big E Langston, before he ate his last name, defeated Damian Sandow to retain (laughs) the IC strap. Hmm. The Rhodes brothers... Cody and Goldust, current champions, defeated Big Show and Rey Mysterio. What a fucking tag team. The Real Americans uh, with known racist, (laughs) Seb Coulter. Do you get it? Because one's big and one's small. And so it's funny because Rey Mysterio and Big Show, because one's big and one's small. Do you get it? And and the... (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck on this one, boys. (laughs) Wowzers. Well, you think that was bad? The final team in this uh, fatal four-way elimination tag match was Curtis Axel and the man who keeps on trying to not retire based on his own poll on Twitter, Ryback. (laughs) (laughs) That was well funny. (laughs) Oh, we've removed all the trolls. And the verdict is, do you want me to wrestle in WW, sorry, NXT, Impact, AW, retire, resounding retirement (laughs) for Ryback. So we won't see him again. I also like the fact that someone said to him going, oh, do you ship your supplements to the UK? Yeah, it's great. It's a flat rates charge of thirty four ninety nine to ship to the UK. It's like, fuck off right Jeez. back. Um, going on, we had uh, R-Truth with Woods defeating uh, Brodus Clay with Cameron, Naomi and Tensai at ringside. Oh, look. They're, they're both black. Do you get it? That's why they're in a tag team, because they're both black. And that's why Cameron and Naomi are also just cheerleaders together. Yeah, do you get they, it? Yeah. Do you get it? One of them's fire, one of them's ice. Do you get it? Cameron does. <laughs> Fucking WWE, bro. <laughs> Jesus, Vince McMahon, what a piece of shit. Here's a match that we haven't had a long time or for the last decade. It's Kofi Kingston beating The Miz. But, more importantly, <laughs> onto our hero of the series, Daniel Bryan is sadly defeated by the entire Wyatt family um, in a slightly, you know, very, you know, a valid effort to take out all of the Wyatts and Bray Wyatt obviously comes out on top like Bree does every night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the main event was Big Match John as the world heavyweight champion losing his belt to WWE champion Randall Keith Orton. So we're heading into the Rumble with a few storylines to go. And as we know, if we follow the Royal Rumble, we're very much aware especially in like the mid-2010s, that it was a one-match show. So just to give you a bit of background, so obviously we had Randy Orton versus John Cena at TLC. (sighs) So we've got it again at the Rumble. To get there, at Survivor Series, Orton defended his belt against Big Show, and John Cena on the same night defeated uh, Alberto Del Vita, uh, allegedly, allegedly in my opinion, to retain his belt. This led to the match at TLC, which Orton won. Now, would you believe it? On the 30th of December, on Monday Night Raw, John Cena was awarded a rematch for a title against Randy Orton. But there's a stipulation for this match, Rich. Did you, did you, did you, did you get the stipulation? 
Did you get it? (laughs) No, I didn't. Go on. So the agreed stipulation was a traditional one-on-one singles match, except it could only be won by pinfall or submission. Astonishing. I mean, yeah, sure. (laughs) So after the match was booked, to show you... It's almost like they're trying to book AEW, you know what I mean? (laughs) So just to show you how they need to build up some additional, like, um, like blood feud in this because you know Cena and Orton have been fighting each other for years. On the thirteenth, years, of ja- generations, mate. <laughs> it never, never fucking ends with these two. I swear. Well, on the thirteenth of January, you speak about generations. Orton suffered an upset loss to Kofi, and then he took out his frustrations Dude. by attacking John Cena's dad, who was attending the event at ringside, <laughs> as he's a big Kofi Kingston fan. This is covered in one of the video packages in this show, and it's fucking hilarious. I've got to say, that was a highlight. It was good. John Cena Sr. selling the shit out of being beaten up by Randy Orton. Yeah, that's um, funny. Also, on this episode of uh, Raw, the 30th of December, where Cena was offered, awarded his rematch, Brock Lesnar suddenly realised he had a contract, and he reappeared <laughs> with Paul Heyman. And his, he announced his intentions to challenge the winner of Cena Orton. And uh, also, Lesnar then dared any wrestler to, you know, challenge, you know, no one would challenge him, which was answered by Big, Big Mark Henry. They uh, brawled a bit, and Lesnar, F5 Henry. Following week, Mark Henry challenged Brock Lesnar again. That's right, Lesnar working two rules in a row. Oh, dear. But Lesnar dislocated Mark Henry's elbow <laughs> in the corner. disappointment in your voice. <laughs> yeah, sure, go on. Which led to Big Show. Well, no one gives a fuck to come out afterwards. And he confronted Lesnar. And then, don't worry, bro- Big Show on Raw, don't worry. We know he shouldn't be there. On the 10th of January on Smacky D, Big Show issued a challenge to Lesnar, which Paul Heyman accepted, which obviously is going to take place at the Rumble event. And, you know, just going into the other two most important matches on the pre-show, on .com, Cody and Goldust were announced to face New Age Outlaws for the tag belts because on a a SmackDown before this, uh, the New Age Outlaws beat Cody and Goldust to get a title match. Due to a distraction from Vicky Guerrero. So we're we gonna talk about that because I mean that's on the pre-show for this show, isn't it? It, it? Well, this well we've got one more thing to cover because obviously you know we've got to really focus on our main man. So leading into TLC, we had the crowd erupting for Daniel Bryan. WWE were thinking, hmm, okay, well we've got this Bray Wyatt storyline. Maybe we can write it off at the Rumble. So to give you a bit of more backstory of where where we are at with the Wyatts and Daniel Bryan. So back in late October of 2013, the Wyatt family had attacked Daniel Bryan backstage, which is what started the feud. A Survivor Series, Dragon teamed with Punk, and they beat Harper and Rowan. And that's when the rivalry between Bryan and Bray Wyatt continued, leading into the three-on-one handicap match, which we saw at TLC, which Bryan lost. On the last Raw of the year in 2013, Daniel Bryan defeated Harper and then Rowan in a gauntlet match. So he'd get to face Bray Wyatt. And uh, at the end, well, Harper and Rowan interfered and then beat him down and announcing that he would join the Wyatt family. Unbelievable. So we've had Daniel Bryan at this stage in the jumpsuit. We've missed Daniel Bryan in the jumpsuit. Slipknot. What? <laughs> Slipknot. Slipknot Daniel yeah, Bryan. Slipknot Daniel Bryan, of course. <laughs> And then on the 13th of January, uh, after uh, Bray and Daniel Bryan were defeated by the Usos, because if I say Oos, you say O, Oos. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan <laughs> betrayed Bray Wyatt and attacked him. And then he ran in, hitting him with a flying knee. That's what set up where we are today at the Royal Rumble match live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Cans- uh, sorry, the Console Energy Center. Spells you know incorrectly. Do you know funny? Not this my jokes. <laughs> the, the Console Energy Center and pandas make energy. <laughs> Fucking pandas. Just ground them up, stick them in, create a fucking arena in pennsylvania it's great so yeah we're in pittsburgh pennsylvania the cr- crowd are uh hmm, kind of typical of the pennsylvanian sort of crowd they're uh yeah they like to shit on stuff a lot more so than seattle i would say seattle's kind of funny and ironic pennsylvania were just like ah we fucking ate everything <laughs> it, you'd never tell it would show on this show would you i'm surprised mm. throughout the show how much WWE haven't edited out. But I think because of the reaction to this rumble, there's no way they could try and change history because people will go back and watch the rumble for what we'll talk about in a little bit. Do you say that? But then in the main event, there's like three three or four definitive big edit points. Did you quite not catch them? Or? Oh no, I've still got all the booze. The, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's the booze and the shitting on certain events and certain people. But there's this cut to like what seems to be like a handheld camera <laughs> they've obviously got a ringside that has completely different audio behind it and then it kind of cuts back to the hard cam again occasionally and it's definitively not wwe's production style at all to do this and so it's very much they've edited out big chunks of the crowd interaction <laughs> i imagine dropping f-bombs at least but hmm, who knows like i'm gonna go back and find the original broadcast you know well, it's a good thing we've got an excellent commentary team available for us today to enjoy Jesus and Christ, tell us mate. the stories. <laughs> so it's, we've got uh, Michael Cole, JBL, and <clears throat> my kids, it's Jerry Lawler. <laughs> what a team. Jesus Christ. Like, I don't like Michael Cole. I find him, I find he does uh, a good job of dealing with Vince McMahon and doing the job he's required to do. But I find him an annoying human being. I find his voice frustrating to listen to i find jbl the most insincere human being in existence and i'm i don't mind jerry lord's commentary but as a human <laughs> maybe i've had a few issues with him uh to say the least and so the three of them this trio doing commentary this evening like I, i'm gonna be honest it was better than listening to tna <laughs> high Not praise that, high yeah. praise they're, they're better than todd and taz and all that lot but they're not great. They don't add a lot. They don't really take away a lot either, though. So I'm not massively against it, if I'm honest. It was just... They're just there, you know? There's bits where they annoy me. But they're okay. I'm glad, in a way, they added Lawler to this and have a three-man booth rather than what we watched with the Slammies, where it was just Cole mm. and JBL getting their shit over. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Lawler did his very best to try and keep those two from dicking about. Yeah, failed definitely... uh, many times, <laughs> but tried to avoid the dicking about. They have a few moments where they're just going on at each other for a minute or two, and then you can feel them kind of snap back into gear pretty quick. Um, maybe it is having Lawler there. Maybe it's the fact they're on pay per view. Maybe it's they've got Vince or whoever in there is screaming at them to shut the fuck up about their own bullshit and get on with the show. But who knows, man? 
Um, so we get an opening video package. Uh, straight into an opening video package. Like a real hot open here. Uh, WWE's editing team are just the very fucking best. Just gets you hyped. This is the thing that always gets me with WWE. I completely forgot that WrestleMania Backlash was on this Sunday. I won't be watching it. But I guarantee you, if I, I sat your mind's down... called WrestleMania's oh, Backlash. <laughs> it's my attention to detail, which really helps me in my new job. <laughs> You've got to add the pause for comedy value. It's WrestleMania Backlash. You can do stuff like, you know, uh, John Cena's going to get a title match at WrestleMania. It's backlash. <laughs> but I, I guarantee oh, so if I stayed up and I'd watched the opening video package... Mm. for the pay-per-view on sunday i'd probably be like oh maybe i'll stay awake and then three minutes later i'll be like you fuckers you deceived me with your <laughs> wonderful wizardry absolutely man so this one's set to beautiful cinematic music that kind of slowly builds with these slow motion shots of action and quotes from commentary and all sorts the voiceover is very dramatic and it goes we all have desires we all dream to reach places only a few have been. Breeze G-spot. <laughs> but the immediate little rhymes and patterns of words and stuff, you're like, whoever wrote this is fucking awesome. <laughs> it goes, of moments that could make us immortal, sometimes the only thing between a man and his dream is but a small and seemingly insignificant distance, a thin line between almost and everything. And I'm like, damn, son, that's some fucking lyricism. Jesus. And Quality, man. Instantly, I was like, oh, this rumble is going to be so good. And I know I watched this like eight years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm hyped for this. I'm proper mojo rawlied at this. I am ready to go. <laughs> you compare it to like wcw's opening lines of hello everybody welcome to wcw monday night show i'm tony Schiavone, and tonight we have ddp or whatever you know or tna's just like cross the line we like wrestling <laughs> wrestling wrestling <laughs> which is basically how i've going. got a motorbike <laughs> exactly to uh, uh you know the only thing between a man and his dream is but a small insignificant distance a thin line between almost and everything jesus christ man way to write like this is the best like action movie level script voiceover shit ever like it's immaculately well done like i can't express how much i love it all downhill um, from here isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well the first few matches are okay right yeah i mean that that's why we're here we're here for our hero <laughs> so the voiceover continues as this video package goes on it talks about like how two men will fight to redefine the future uh, meaning Cena and Orton and they're, um, you know, they've already unified the belt. Randy's the champ, but like, etc., etc. Trying to put it over, make it seem it's important. Even though I think deep down all wrestling fans watching this know it's, it's not <laughs> really very important. But they also put over the an animal returns, being Batista's big return to the show. And the voiceover finishes with, Tonight, the road to WrestleMania begins. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Fuck Christmas. WrestleMania season's my Christmas. I love it. Interesting backstory, as you mentioned, <clears throat> Big Dave's uh, return. I wonder 
if they'd been smart and just had Big Dave return as a surprise. I wonder if they're worried mm. about a buy rate for this. But I enjoyed watching, again, as we mentioned, the, the video production. There was a WWE documentary on Batista's secret return. And literally just before he was about to go out, he was a bit like, oh, fuck, my trunks don't fit. <laughs> it was like running back and forth to the seamstress to get like a oh, new damn. logo on some shorts for him. And it's like, oh, Dave, I know it's always like bring your gear, but try it on <laughs> before getting to the venue. <laughs> don't just rock up and go, 20 minutes till I'm in the rumble. The rumble's already going. I'm going to put my pet. Oh, shit, they don't fit. <laughs> holy heck that's crazy because they, they don't look right i remember like watching this live the first time being like where's his gear <laughs> you know uh, evidently he has it no longer fits <clears throat> so we cut into the arena and there's a modest amount of pyro i think it's fair to say it's nice to have pyro and a few signs yeah it's 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 good it's not wcw or even tna levels of pyro to be honest it's but it's there and it's it's not spooty it's impactful it looks pretty good um, and I hate this rotating WWE LED set thing they've got going now. It just feels so plain compared to what they used to have. It's it's cost now, isn't it? I mean, mm. I, I mentioned this to uh, WrestleTalk's Louis Dangor on Twitter when he was defending all the the Lana bullshit that like she's getting a lot of um, a lot of stick and things like that, the Eva Marie stuff. And it's like, guys, it isn't about the talent anymore people they'll get their one million their two million rating whatever wherever it's for but the staging the staging just it makes the fan care but i wonder if it's a casual audience if it's different if wwe suddenly go oh what well, if it changes they won't know it's us oh no mm. <clears throat> i don't think that was ever a problem in the past no, people just don't watch. <laughs> that's the problem. No, yeah. I don't think that's the problem, that's for sure. Uh, so Michael Cole welcomes us to the show. Welcome to the most exciting time of the year. Welcome to the road to WrestleMania. Welcome to, he says welcome three times in a fucking row. Welcome to the 27th annual Royal Rumble. You are looking live at a sold-out console energy arena, Pandas in Pittsburgh. 15,000... Pandas in Pittsburgh is a movie I want to watch. <laughs> 15,715 WWE fans on hand. He is not saying WWE fans universe, whatever he wants to say. Yeah, it's nice hearing them called fans. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, I think that might have been a mistake, because I think they were <laughs> the universe. Oh, no, because we didn't have the universal title at this stage. No, so no we're so, yeah. still fans. Yeah, we still had fans and divas. Ah, so the just simpler times. <laughs> just before Cole can stop finish talking, strike up the band, the ride of the Valkyries kicks in. Here's our hero of our story. The whole crowd pops immensely huge. Immediate yes chance. Daniel Bryan is O-V-E-R over. It's, it's nice seeing this reaffirmed for me because obviously we lost to the last show in Seattle, his hometown. And there was always this kind of narrative that was kind of almost portrayed of, oh, it's his own town. Of course he got a big reception. We're now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, practically on the other side of the country. And the, the pop is as big, if not bigger. It's amazing. Good booking to have this on to start the show. Really hmm, good booking to have maybe. on to start the show. Because it was a really hot start. <laughs> well, no, but again, Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, going Going back to, let's say they've appealed to a casual fan who's bought the pay-per-view or bought the network for the first time. 
and the reaction they get, they've got that awesome video package, and the first thing they get is the crowd erupting for a good guy. Really good book. It's as you said, you've got it's how you start and it's how you finish the important things, right, Tax? It's what I tell all the ladies. <laughs> Let's see if they can achieve it this evening. So JBL has as oh, this is the line that JBL has. He says he's excited as a fat kid in a pizza buffet. And I'm like, be a star, JBL. Be a star. Oh, JBL. <laughs> what a piece of shit. So uh after Dragon enters the ring and the crowd are just going crazy for him, we cut to the big monitor and the Wyatts are doing their whole we're here <laughs> blowing out the candle thing it, it's cool it's creepy I like the gimmick it's fun I look forward to the day where Bray Wyatt forgot to press the button on the lamp <laughs> we're well, here oh shit <laughs> so after Cole tells us some backstory of what's happened and the whole indoctrination thing that we've kind of gone over um, when Bray comes out and he blows out his LED lamp and I'm like is that how electricity works <laughs> it's magic the spirits from the fiend don't play with the dark arts because you too will be able to blow out that entire led back wall at ww events <laughs> so you're smarter than me if we get like a big fan can we just like put that on the big ball and have it blow out maybe i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> the lights come up in the crowd chant for daniel bryan yes chance he's super super over like you don't get a reaction for bray like almost at all the second the lights come back up after engines, the crowd are just like, Daniel Bryan! <laughs> it's just so much fun, dude. I I worried at this time, because obviously <sighs> three-on-one handicaps, I, 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 don't, I don't like a handicap match, unless it's like a really big guy doing a squash beating two jobbers. It serves Hang a on, purpose. This isn't a handicap match. It's a three-on-one handicap match, is it not? No, it's not. It's just Bray versus Dragon. Oh, You're sorry. No, I'm, I'm just thinking about TLC. Yep. Thank, <clears throat> thank. I mean, I definitely awake. I've definitely had. <laughs> I definitely it's okay. Tired. I'm not looking at the TLC notes I made. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. So Dragon is super intense. Bray is doing his crazy gimmick, like mumbling away to the voices in his head. Uh, a legend in the crowd. Wait, has that's a big... Randy Orton. He is listening <laughs> fucking gimmick thief. Yeah, sure. But the, Randy doesn't talk to the voices in his head. It's just in his theme song. He just hears them. He doesn't talk to them. Not a whack yeah. job. I'm not sure he does anything in 2014. He just says the script that he's given and goes to the ring and does chin locks, right? <laughs> I mean, we'll get to it, but whatever. So the lights come up, blah, everything, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Bray mumbling away. Uh, the crowd, some legend in the crowd has a big sign that just says, Cole, shut your hole. <laughs> I'm like, please, that would be lovely. Um, This match. Is fucking great. I loved this match. What an opener. Best Bray Wyatt match ever. Outside, as in in-ring. Firefly Funhouse is a completely different kettle of fish. But sure, this, yeah. Bray Wyatt's right up there. best work in-ring ever, this match. I mean, does it? Is it a matter of people m- being motivated to do good? Let me say that again. Is it a matter of people wrestling dragons so they're motivated to try and create something special? I think it's the fact that people would be reluctant to work this style with Bray because you'll notice that after this match, and we'll, we'll you know, we're probably going to see it on if Bray's on the next few shows. Mm. People don't want Bray to work this style. You know, he's an agile big man. That's the thing which has always been. You know, you saw it when it was Husky Harris. You saw it 
when he was like in in Nexus the first time round and things like that. He is he can go, he can work. You know his you know the lineage of his family, so he knows he's got talent and can work. And I get the impression this match was just like Wyatt and Dragon just went, you know what? We're supposed to do this. Let's go and do something different and actually mm. wrestle and work. Because Wyatt doesn't normally get the opportunity to wrestle. So I think actually being able to showcase what he could do against Dragon, obviously everyone will have a better match against Dragon because that's just the nature of what they bring out of it. But I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that it's just Daniel Bryan bringing this out, Bray Wyatt. I'd say it's Bray Wyatt isn't allowed to work like this because this was too good <laughs> for a mystical character. Yeah, maybe so. I think it's very difficult to say like what he's necessarily allowed to do or what he's motivated to do and what the difference there would be. But <clears throat> sorry, my throat's kind of sore. Um, but yeah, they, they they definitely pull out the bag this evening. I think it's also the crowd are so into this match. You know, there's there's some really stiff strikes to kind of kick it off, and everything Dragon connects with, they're like, yes, <laughs> like literally every punch, kick, suplex, whatever they're doing, like the crowd are going yes on every single move he does. And then everything Bray does, they're like, no, and boo. It's, they're really here to play along and have a good time. And it had so much to this match. Even it, the, the, the little bits, like when Dragon's got him in the yes lock and Wyatt bites his hand. It's the little things like that. It's like, that's yeah, really viciousness. Smart. Because it doesn't necessarily start off as vicious. It starts off as stiff. Then there's kind of this section where they kind of, you know, Dragon does a tope to Luke Harper on the outside. Eric Rowan kind of gets involved, and the referee John Cone kind of throws out the Harper and Rowan. Lovely to see Brody, by the way. Really, really lovely, even though he's got a little bit of involvement in this match. Um, but it's just so nicely done. It's not Brody jumps up on the apron and goes to hit Dragon, and the ref spots it, or goes to hold his arms back, and the ref spots it. It's Dragon going, well, fuck this, and going for a dive onto them. And then Rowan's like, hang on, you can't do that to my mate. And then that's how the ref notices it. It's really smart. Dude. That's such a fun way to do it. And again, it doesn't shit over the usual disqualification or ejection of the valets or the, the tag team partner. It was yeah. something, it was clever. It was well thought out. It, this was not a WWE booked or agented match. Yeah, that, it definitively feels like... Well, for me, seeing Dragon matches over the years, like this is Dragon coming in and taking Bray's ideas and concepts and going, well, this is how we put them together. Like, he seems like the ultimate at being able to know exactly what a crowd wants at any moment. And he hits it spot on. Knocks it I out of the park with this. Like The biggest compliment I can pay any, pay any professional wrestler is that this match has, you know phases and narratives built throughout it it genuinely at times feels like a kind of classic jake roberts style like macho man narrative match but then it has this brutality and you know bray doing it all freak out kind of moments and stuff you know <laughs> throw it in a little bit you know and then the finish is so much fun and there's reversals and they do a few false finishes and you know, Dragon lands the flying knee and hulks up and gets the crowd behind him. <laughs> Cole gets a bit distracted and forgets which wrestler's which. <laughs> and they argue over the Exorcist and Linda Blair. And I'm just like, shut up, commentary. But it's it's not. It's the match is so much fun that you kind of block that out. 
Because Dragon is doing stuff that if you saw almost any other wrestler doing it, you'd be like, oh, it's a bit cheesy. You're doing Hulk Hogan's Hulk Up gimmick. <laughs> like, no selling punches and stuff. But his methodology of getting there and how he delivers it and how he pays it off. And Bray being this perfect, weird, bigger, villainous character to play off. Man, it's it's excellent fun. And the end, we get the Bombayer, the Yakuza kick in the corner. And on the third attempt, Bray just fucking destroys it with the big lariato. I'm like, at that moment, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I completely popped, man. So good turned him into that's the thing with the yeah you know, the lariat it looked like the most vicious cut off before going yeah. to the finish it was a thing of beauty and the flip sell by daniel bryan this is like oh <laughs> like if paul london did that i'd be like oh you fucking player look at you overselling <laughs> paul i don't london. know why yeah <laughs> just it's the only guy i can think of that can do a shoot star press of a clothesline immediately but whatever matt matt, matt striker there's another no not matt, matt striker Striker to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he could. He's a very good wrestler back in the day. Anyway, uh, so ser- series of finisher reversals and headbutts by both gets really brutal and gigantic reactions out of this crowd. It's very, very emotional at times. Really fun. Bray catches Dragon on a tope to the outside. Sister Abigail into the guardrail thing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like the pleather coated metal frame. <laughs> It looks good on camera, but I never know what to call it. It's kind of a guardrail, but not. <laughs> Dunno. Round the head with the padded sheet. Yeah. Back in the ring, Sister Abigail again for the one, two, three, and your winner's Bray Wyatt. So it's You see Dragon lose as the ultimate baby face. And you're like Okay, I don't necessarily like it. I want my good guy to win and go on to WrestleMania and win the belt. But the way they did it, and Bray is a character, I had no problem with him losing. But my immediate thought, and I wonder whether you had the same thought here, was, oh, so like Brett and Owen at WrestleMania 10, Dragon's going to go on to redeem himself in the Rumble match later tonight, right? At the time, when watching this back in 2014, that was the no-brainer because of what we'd had leading up to this in the months leading up to Rumble he was the chosen one the fans had anointed this is what we want to do we've seen what happens in modern day like when Kofi got his momentum and obviously I know we're backtracking because this happened like nine years later sorry seven years later but Mm -hmm. logic dictated and that's this is the thing again like a lot of people say about WWE logical booking is okay i don't need to be surprised all the time as long as the story makes sense and you can pay it off in the ring then the story is logical so at this stage back in 2014 my thought process was well he's going to come in the rumble isn't he he's going to be the savior he's going to redeem himself later in the night he might get involved in other matches he might stake a claim for something you know he's going to be back as our conquering hero it certainly felt like it at the time but again, in fairness to this match, like you said, Dragon bringing it out of him or Bray being allowed to actually wrestle, this was the first time I remembered seeing Bray Wyatt, even from NXT, because he's very much character work. Dragon made him look like an absolute killer. This this best performance in ring that I can ever remember of Bray yeah. Wyatt. 
It's and world class good. It's five stars. It really is so fucking good, this man. And a really good payoff to the fact that they had a little bit of a ropey story of the Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family to the Daniel Bryan turn mm. back on Bray Wyatt to Bray essentially. And this is the thing, isn't it? Whether you the whole idea of the heel, the heel doesn't think they're doing wrong. The heel thinks they're doing right. So in the context of booking, the heel has exerted revenge on the guy who double crossed him. So if anything, the bad guy has righted what he considered was a wrong. So again, from a booking standpoint, like you said about, it doesn't matter that dragon lost. There's almost sense to it that the bad guy has gone after the person who screwed him over. You tricked me. You've made me look stupid. I must exert revenge on you. And got it. Yeah, no problem with this at all. Like, I love the finish. I think it was excellent. The issue is, I guess, that we need to go over is between TLC and I guess a month or two before and this pay for you, this Royal Rumble, they've had the whole story where Bray try to indoctrinate dragon into the Wyatt family Wyatt has kind of accepted being part of the Wyatt family and then in the weeks afterwards kind of turned on the Wyatts and they've played it off like oh dragon was just playing mind games you know how how legit do you think that is do you think that was ever the plan originally no I think because he had such fanfare and that you know in in the the show in Seattle, mm. that was a turning point for WWE's booking. I think they were going to have him be part of the Wyatt family long term and basically be Bray's understudy to then lead further down to a feud between Dragon and Bray. Maybe that was their goal for WrestleMania 30. Uh, we'll put him in here for three months. There'll be dissension with Harper and Rowan and they'll push on from there. But I think this was one of those, ah, shit. Right, call an audible. <laughs> let's let's at least get him out of this feud to see what else we might be able to do. Obviously, not realizing what was going to happen with Punk, which we'll discuss. Yeah, shortly. I think it's the way they did it. It never came across like Dragon was being smart and getting in the mind of Bray Wyatt or whatever. It's like it's like they went, "Oh, this isn't working." They they like this guy, but we don't want them to like him. Uh, but they really like him. <laughs> seems so stupid they can be so blind to and be so stubborn to not hear these responses this guy's been getting for a good year now and to think ah we could spend another couple of months trying to make him a dickhead that they won't like we know better than they do (laughs) you know it seems so stupid to me but i would say on the other side if if this was wwe's plan all along which said, you know, I've, I've asked the question to have in the back of the mind for this whole run of shows. If this was what they had in the back of their mind, and they're like, ah, we'll pull the plug on this nice and early. We, we've realised the fans aren't going to take this to go with our actual plans, what we want for Dragon. At least if genuinely thought this isn't working, they pulled the plug on it. It makes a nice change. I suppose that's one of the things and not to harp on about why I enjoy AEW a lot more than WWE at the moment. But it's like when they did, like, was it the Nightmare Collection, which was mm-hmm. when they had Kong and, and Brandy, and they were like, you know what, this just isn't working. Let's just write, literally just go, this isn't working, and just stop it. You know, they didn't bother trying to write themselves out of it. They didn't try and book themselves out or justify it. They were just a case of, yeah, this isn't good, Brandy. Let's just drop it. True. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's um, it's odd, but let's see if they follow it up, shall we, Tax? <laughs> so Renee backstage with Paul Heyman. Heyman cuts a Brock Lesnar promo, uh, saying he will challenge the winner of Cena and Orton at some point. Um, very non-specific this promo. <laughs> Heyman tells us Brock is going to murder the Big Show. We're like, yep, sure. Uh, and he says, this is the dawning of a new era. The WWE Universe is going to be conquered and subjugated by Brock the Unmerciful. Like somebody has been watching their Game of Thrones in 2014. What's a Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, makes me sad to hear that. <laughs> well, first four seasons are good. Last four, not so much. Anyway, um, and books. I'm sure there are books, but you know, I'm I'm stupid, so I just watch telly and things. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> There's a quote in the IT crowd when it's like, "Ugh, subtitles. I don't want to read when I'm trying to watch something." <laughs> <laughs> which is how I feel about books. If there's a movie available or a TV show, I probably still won't watch it, but I certainly won't read the book. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, Paul Heyman's pretty good, isn't he? He's the ultimate, you know, they always talk about Dusty being able to talk people into the seats. But the problem is with Heyman as time's gone on, it's quite nice seeing him with Roman. He can occasionally be quite funny now, like with <laughs> on SmackDown. Yeah. Go and get my cousin. Which one? It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but I, I watch SmackDown definitely. Yeah, so. I, I, I've always liked Paul Heyman. From I said, you know, I, I still think that his commentary of JR was better than JR and the King at the tail end of the Attitude Era. I've yeah, always definitely. liked Paul Heyman as a character. Looking back from the fandom as poorly dangerously in WCW, and he's the ultimate character for Brock. And some of the stuff he can do when he's not doing this, what is now generic Heyman promo. Like when Brock won Money in the Bank and was walking around like it was a ghetto blaster and they were both <laughs> dancing in the ring. It was like, brilliant. I love it. Fucking awesome. That's the same time period where um, R-Truth managed to corpse Brock in the middle of the ring, wasn't That's it? That's one. <laughs> yeah. I love that promo. It's so funny. I- I'm not a massive R-Truth fan, but Jesus Christ. Being able to corpse Brock like that is well funny. <laughs> so uh, commentary... Who are like basically every single segment or match? We then cut to Cole Lawler and JBL talking bollocks. I'm not going to go over every segment, but they now send us to Josh Matthews. <laughs> My first reaction was literally, "What's this nub doing here?" <laughs> oh, poor Josh Matthews, because he was still doing commentary on SmackDown and early NXT. Is he? Fucking hell! Oh, okay, yeah. didn't know that. Fair enough. He was doing. He was doing like when NXT was a talent contest. He was doing color or play by play, and then Cole joined him, and then Punk joined them. And it was actually, in fairness, Cole, Punk, and Josh Matthews on commentary during the all women season of NXT. Now, couldn't say what they did, but it was proper funny at the time. <laughs> okay, you say so, man. Uh, I think I watched some of it at the time, but I couldn't couldn't remember a fucking thing about it. So Josh tells us. About sorry, Josh tells us about this tremendous panel of experts we have here this evening. And the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! And Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Um <laughs> He doesn't have a catchphrase, so Jesus <laughs> Not his catchphrase, but he likes Jesus, right? Do you want any Jesus for those fries? Yes, I'm an exercise portion of Jesus. Thank you very much. 
Oh man, it's fucking hilarious. Having Axel, quite drunk Ric Flair, I'm pretty sure, and Shawn Michaels up in like the somewhere in the arena with their mics live to the arena and Josh Matthews trying to control these three madmen. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I wish we could have this sort of shot every single show ever. Definitely this a rip on Josh laugh. Matthews, isn't it? Oh, like, 100%. You go and look after these old timers. Don't Good worry, luck Josh. with Flair and Hacksaw, mate. Oh, we'll throw Shawn Michaels in as well. <laughs> now these retired doesn't give a fuck. The HB Shizzle Award giver. Oh, uh... so funny. But obviously, that storyline's been dropped. Sean Mike's going, yeah, Daniel Bryan's really good. Mm. <laughs> <Don't> t- <laughs> Hang on, what's happened here? Well, they immediately talk Bray Dragon. Uh, and th- yeah, it's, it's funny because HBK goes, oh, Dragon is my pick. And I'm like, wait, for, for what? And he's like, for the future. <laughs> I'm like, so Rumble? Are you saying yes, he's your pick for the Rumble? So Dragon's in the Rumble? But is see, this what this, you got from it? This was genius. Yeah. Because again, it's getting the fans interested because by putting Dragon on the start of the show, are people going to fuck off for these other matches or are they going to stick around <laughs> and see if Dragon's going to come back in? Or But is, sh- is there a problem of suggesting something that maybe they're not going to give us is a problem? <laughs> but technically, first of all, card subject to change. Everyone loves that. Even yeah, WrestleTalk sure. have been using that today for some of the coverage, haven't they? <laughs> getting oh, Tempest yeah. on because... You know, no one's going to watch Raw who works at WrestleTalk anymore, are they? <laughs> Everyone's going to think of an excuse to not go on and do that. Tempest was unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time and said yes. He was not happy about having to review <laughs> Raw, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Publicly not happy about it. We did the SmackDown review, I think it was SmackDown or something. And like, um, Luke went, so uh, yeah, you might get to review Raw. His reaction was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> having flair and duggan then obviously split their picks for the upcoming lesnar show Mate, match. of course they are. We, so it's so funny because flair pissed out of his fucking brain or at least acting like yeah i think he's drunk goes brock is gonna beat the big show he's gonna destroy him and hacksaw goes show is gonna be brock and everyone just starts laughing <laughs> they're like yeah sure <laughs> mate that's gonna happen uh these lads are having a lovely time faffing about up there it looks so much fun I mean, I think that subbed out perfectly, didn't it? Faffing about yeah. out there. Absolutely. More faffing about on on pay-per-view, please. Lots more faffing yeah, about. Yeah, we've got a lot of filler. We don't really want to put any matches on because everyone's in the rumble. Should we put the ladies on the card? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, the big show makes his entrance. And we get, dum, dum, da-dum, dum, da-da-dum, dum, da-da-dum, goosebumps every single fucking time man it's almost brett's levels of entrance music that makes me just go oh shit's about to go down <laughs> especially in 2014 i remember watching the raw after mania the year that lesnar came back and i hadn't i'd made it a thing like leading up to manias those sort of those years that i wouldn't look at any dirt sheets because i wouldn't want anything mania or the raw after spoil so Apart I from no WrestleTalk, I... obviously. Make WrestleTalk.com your homepage or whatever. Yeah, give me money. I like yeah, money. Now, now, I do. now I do. But, you know, yeah, back, WrestleTalk. Back... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, ones but... don't exist. Fuck Meltzer. <laughs> Fuck we definitely Meltzer. don't just take Meltzer's reports and report them as our own. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but when Lesnar came back, and because Cena was in the ring afterwards, and then Lesnar came back that time and beat the shit out of, out of Cena, mm. just hearing Brock's entrance... And then obviously Brock Lesnar guy in the front row getting his traps out going, yeah! 
yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. So I've always, even from when we had Brock versus Rock at SummerSlam in 2002, I've always really enjoyed Brock Lesnar's work. Not so much as a face, but again, anyone who's doing this, right, Kurt, we've had a banging main event. The fans are in out of our hands. I'll just hit you with an F5. No, Kurt, we are. Just hit me with an F5. We'll go home. <laughs> we'll go to that party. I see what you're saying there, Kurt. But what I'm going to do at near 300 pounds is I'm going to pretend to be what Vince McMahon sees Apollo Crews as. And I'm going to turn into a spear. And I'm going to get right in you like you're a fish with my <laughs> head. I'm going to literally spear your shoulder with my massive dome. And we'll all scare the shit out of everyone. Hmm. So, before we get into the match a little bit, there's a pre-match video package. And I guess the question is, Tax, why is Brock wrestling the big show of all people? Well, as as we covered earlier, um, mm. Brock had already said he was going to challenge the winner of Cena or Orton, but dared anyone to disprove that he could do it. And Mark Henry came out got beat up next week on Raw. Mark Henry and Lesnar had a little set two and Brock <laughs> ate Mark Henry's arm. And then the Big Show came out to make the save because it's January, so the Big Show's not doing much. <laughs> we need we need someone to, to knock around because we've already got bigger guys in the Rumble to have the big... We need 20 people to try and eliminate him in the middle and we'll have that all... Oh, they've all been flung everywhere only for like Hornswoggle to eliminate the giantest person in the ring. <laughs> Deja vu for later in the evening. Different wrestler, but still. Um, so Wait, what? <laughs> do you not know what I mean? Like the Michael uh, Knee announcement guy? Exactly. I, yeah, I was, okay, just, we'll I, I was just being disparaging, saying <laughs> all the same to me. <laughs> well, Little leprechauns. That's a different wrestler. Same spot, though. I didn't imply yeah. they were the same. <laughs> Fuck you. So, um, basically, this is the match for Mark Henry's honour, as far as I'm aware. Exactly. They're doing it for the hand. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they show a video package of Brock trying to jump Big Show on the shows leading up to this pay-per-view. And it's kind of great in that Big Show just, like, goes, no, and just lobs Brock across the ring. <laughs> and then... You know, Brock will come in with a chair. Big Show will be like, whoa, I'm going to stop you getting in the ring and things like this. And just throws him out across the announce table or something, which leads to Brock getting angry and getting like, you know, the color he turns, which leads me to be like purple Brocky <laughs> into this promo by going, I will see you on Sunday. <laughs> I love his angry purple Brock promo stuff. It's fucking great man it's so weird brock rage is the best version of brock fucking a man so no pyro for brock jumping up on the apron big booze uh brock jumps show before the bell and beats the shit out of him with a steel chair and i can do, he do mean that, joey yeah fucking a can he do that joey he beats the ever loving piss out big show with this steel chair then he wants and then has the indignity to go now ring the bell yeah he's like screaming at the ref being like ring the bell start the match his big show's like crying on the floor like i don't want to have a match let me go home i, I will say commentary do some beautiful illogical heel face dynamic stuff here it's it's just a bit all silly they eventually get this match started 
Brock I'll tell you what the best part the best part of this was when the ref finally gets a chair of Brock Heyman's going here's another one <laughs> <laughs> so they start the match Brock goes to swing the chair as, as after the bells rang I'm like can you do that Jerry but a big KO punch by the show and I'm like oh that's quite a fun start these two behemoths are getting like show beat down and then immediately as the match starts like clonk like, like almost the, the replay looks great and it's not like he's literally swung a fucking fist at his face but he definitely connects on that big punch always in fairness right with with big show the knockout punch some of the, like the video packages it does look good like the stuff when he does it to jericho and does it to miz it yeah. always looks Excellent. And you guarantee Lesnar was like, no, just fucking hit me, mate. <laughs> Lay it in, son. Lay it in. I can take it. I, but I've literally beaten the shit out of you of a chair. The least yeah. I can do is take a punch to the face. I don't know why Big Show's from the East End, but, you know. I saw Brock from the East End, you know. Shot. Oh, Bro- Bro- Brock Lesnar. Birmingham. East. <laughs> <laughs> Brummy Brock Lesnar sounds like a funny gimmick to me. <laughs> when me and Paul Haley was in Dudley. <laughs> oh fucking hell so uh i think the secret's out the bag now but lesnar's selling (laughs) he's the very best brock lesnar is probably and i'm not talking wrestler top five performers of all time in wwe how how can anyone disagree yeah Think about the marquee moments, the feeling that you get when he comes out to the ring, the way he sells. Like we always go back to this Daniel Bryan match, ironically, considering this series we're talking about, where you know Dragon lands the low blow and almost gets the roll up and the big win and all that sort of stuff. You know the match I mean? Oh yeah, the one he really wanted. Yeah, (laughs) that was the best thing. (laughs) The way that like Brock hits hits the F five, then like you know. Dragon gets the low blow and the knee in the corner and drags him out of the corner of the pin. And you're like, oh shit! <laughs> he dragged him away from the ropes just to add that little bit of extra. And like the way Brock sells this stuff. And in this match with Show, where like he sells that punch, like he's literally wobbling around the rim, chicken ring chicken legs, like in the UFC or boxing or whatever. It's it's so well done. Like the way he I connects with the camera. He looks at it like are you a camera? Oh, there's another camera next to you. Why are there three cameras all in front of me? You know, his expressions are so good. It's so realistic. It's it's really cinematic kind of levels of acting. It's fucking amazing, man. He's so good. Two other great things from Brock Lesnar. One, it's during all the pandemic where he's turned around and gone, no, <laughs> fuck yeah. you. I'm not wrestling. And yeah. the the other one, which which mania was it? I think it was when it was him and Roman in the main and Lesnar beat Roman and as he walked backstage because obviously all these backstage clips he like flings the belt at Vince and shouts out fuck you <laughs> yeah. as he walks back through the curtain it's like I love you Brock he's run through Mark Henry he's obliterated Big Show of a steel chair they're really building him up to be this undestructible monster <laughs> indestructible but yeah okay no, undestructible. <laughs> God damn it, he's undestructible. <laughs> undestructible. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. They're literally they're taking big guys in the roster and letting Brock kill them. One way to get them out of their contracts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, show goes for the punch again. Swing and a miss. Brock ducks under. And in one of the most impressive shows of strength I think I've ever fucking seen, he hoists show up onto his shoulders in the fireman's carry F5 position. But he leans forward and goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> just powers Big Show back up. And I'm like, oh my God, you just lifted that man. Like, with like a, like, how would you describe this lift? Is it? It's not like a deadlift, is it? He's using his like hips to do it almost. He's he's basically in the squat rack with a big show on his shoulders. That's it. He's like, doing. He's in almost the squat at rack. like thirty degrees leaning forward from where his hips are, and then manages to get it back without dropping him. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he's incredible. He's so fucking strong. Imagine what would happen if Goldberg were in that position. Oh. Everyone would be dead. Pretty much. I think almost any other wrestler on the roster, they'd be dead, right? Big match, John, and uh, Big E would be able to cope, but that'd be about it. Yeah, maybe so, man. So, he has the Big Show up. DVD-esque F5. Can you blame him, though? It's Big Show. (laughs) Probably as large as he's ever been. For the one, two, three, and your winner is Brock Lesnar great freak show match special attraction however you want to put it it's just immensely fun good follow-on as well from from dragon and wire you had a really really good wrestling match and then you just had two absolute monsters try and beat the shit out of each other nothing overly technical just slogging it out really good fun yeah really clever story big pops in the crowd really invested in a big show match like you know but like to kind of top that off, post-match, we cut to Brock and he's not celebrating. He's just looking down at his hands in like, can I? Shall I? <laughs> sort of moment. Give he him a wedgie. <laughs> Brock takes off his MMA gloves, looking down at his hands with bad intentions. Brock back in the ring with a steel chair. Brock smash. Brock throws out his mouthpiece, laughing at the camera maniacally. Brock smash with the chair. Heyman screams at Brock from ringside. No compassion. Brock smash. No mercy. Brock smash. Show rolls to the outside. Brock follows Show out there. Being like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Brock smash with the chair. Like, brutality. Lesnar wins. <laughs> Friendship. It really is. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. It's what thirty, forty shots with a chair, like stiff shots. Lesnar was trying to bend that chair inside out, wasn't he? That was his end goal. I'm going to try and bend this so far round. He broke one of them in half. It's incredible. <laughs> they had to get another chair. He just kept going. I'm like, Big Show is. It's, well. He's either selling it very well or he's just legitimately crying. <laughs> I think it's the latter, if I'm honest. No one can take that. It doesn't matter how big or strong you are. When Fuck you've got man. some like Brock Lesnar <laughs> throwing the hardware on you, it's impossible. He's swinging for the fences. I know it's a cliche, but he is winding that chair up and landing it flush across the guy's elbow, his knees, his hips, his back. He is beating the ever-loving fuck out of Big Show. It's genuinely shocking he is not working safe (laughs) no absolutely not 
I see Big Show in the fetal position, almost in tears, or is in tears. Tons of replays, slow-mos, close-ups of the welts on Show's back. Great sell all around. The production team do such a good job of making this serious. You know, when Brock and Heyman walk to the back, and there's no emotion on either of them, apart from, like, a little bit of glee in Heyman's eyes, you know, <laughs> looking at his, adoring, adoring his monster as they walk into the back. It's fucking beautiful storytelling. Here's a question. We've always waxed lyrical about how much we enjoy Bobby Heenan as a wrestling manager. Mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, the Heenan family, or Heyman managing Brock Lesnar? Which is the better managerial package? Uh, to me, Heyman and Brock are more special. Um, I love Heenan, the weasel gimmick and all that sort of stuff. It's it's classic, timeless. It's brilliant. On the mic, he's one of the most wittiest, funniest, quick-minded human beings that has ever grabbed the microphone. But it always felt uh, rather camp. Uh, it was always secondary to the baby face because it's WWE, not the NWA, WCW, you know, with the heel. Definitely took priority. Um, with Heenan and Lesnar, it's it's always a moment whenever they're there doing their job, you know? I'd agree. The package works for mm-hmm. what they have. Heenan will always be, the commentary with him and Monsoon will always be my favorite too. And I know earlier in the pod I said, you know, Heyman and JR was, you know, for that time, I, I preferred that over JR and King. But I would definitely agree that Heyman Lesnar is a much more complete package because it's cons- been consistent for so long. If you're thinking you've got the best part of 20 years, I know there's obviously a gap in between, but they've been associated with it. So anytime Lesnar's been a heel, Heyman has been there. And it's just that consistency across it. I know they tried to give Heyman like, Axel and they tried to give him Ryback. The the stuff with Punk was fun because I think that was just those two got on quite well backstage and it was a, a mutually mutual respect sort of thing for those guys. But with Heenan, because he had so many different people to manage, and uh, yeah, I'll always have that Flair promo post-Rumble 92 where Heenan's there and his commentary during it. But yeah, agreed. Heyman, Heyman and Lesnar is the better presented on-screen package, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. So we're, we're cutting backstage now to a few kind of promos and such. We get this one with the shield where they're doing this false kind of handheld camera thing they did for a while, you know, where it's, um, it's a big 4K production camera. Before but Brandon Cutler it. got hired by AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're like pretending to hold it like they're doing it on their phones, but it's always framed perfectly and never wobbles around or anything. And I, I never understood why they even tried to do this gimmick. It always looks so fucking dumb to me. Because they come through the crowd. Sherbert, um, Hamburger, Isla Dawn, <laughs> Lemons, The Shield. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that. I was like, why is he saying all these random things? I'm like, oh, okay, I remember. Because <laughs> they spell the name out, yeah. Uh, Roman is stoic. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Roland tells us after the match, they'll all stand united. They joke around not telling each other their entry numbers into the rumble seth goes the only number that matters tonight three believe in the shield (laughs) i'm like what (laughs) what i don't understand 
Oh dear. I mean, they are the three, but I, yeah, it, this promo was shit. What does that mean? That's the only number that matters. No, there's well, lots there's, of other numbers that matters tonight. <laughs> it's not just three, dickhead. There's three of them. I think that's what he was I'm trying very to do. aware. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fucking stupid. Or, again, pages backstage, the only number that matters is three. Brad Maddox, Woods, Page, Sex. <laughs> Renee backstage with Randy Orton. <laughs> Randy recites his script like a good boy. Gets, <laughs> gets, a, gets a little laugh for mocking Bray. Uh, going, Duck Dynasty reject. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, boring, boring Randy. Good thing he's not... Oh, wait, he is the main champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is... Like... I I never quite understood what other people saw in Randy Orton. Up until about... Mm, maybe three, four years ago, where he just stopped giving a shit, and you start to see some of his kind of, like, hilarious, <laughs> stupid personality come out. In 2014, he is the most boring human that has ever existed. Can't argue. 100% agreement. Do you there? It's just it's dull. Even when they had the Mania <sighs> 25 main event between him and Triple H, and Triple H chucks him through a window, even that, he made that look boring. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Cole calls the next matchup one of the most anticipated rematches in WWE history. Since Raw two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to them, this video package again, I know we go on about it, but it's fucking amazing. Tons of promos and highlights, highlights and stuff. Uh, really pushing this idea of one WWE champion has a target on him. Uh, Orton lost the Kofi on Raw, so Orton be up seeing his daddy at ringside. Look at your daddy, John Cena! Look at your daddy! Where, <laughs> 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 where, John Cena! <laughs> I'd love, I would have loved him to do. Yeah, I'd have loved him to do the boss man one with the big show. Go, John Cena, you're nothing but a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I just pictured Gallows being like, "Look at your daddy, John Cena." <laughs> so funny. If you don't know why we're laughing, go and listen to our TNA run. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Orton ran away from Johnny Boy, and Johnny Boy ends up in the streets of. Whatever city they were in, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay, <laughs> but like on the uh, last it's not. Floor. I was just, I was just Bruce Springsteening you. Oh. in the streets of Philadelphia. But like, it's, I always find it funny when wrestlers chase another wrestler out the arena, and end up in the streets, like in you know a normal environment that isn't a wrestling ring, and then you realize how much of a fucking twat they look in their little shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the best one of those I know we've mentioned on the pod before is when it was Goldberg and Rock. And Goldberg flooded his car. <laughs> so he'd already... Oh. So he'd flooded his car because Rock had run away. And Goldberg... So Rock had run off. First thing that happened is Goldberg had run the wrong way. <laughs> so the Rock oh, had I remember got this, somewhere yeah. And then Goldberg jumps in his car after the Rock has sped away. Goldberg's supposed to give chase. Floods the engine of his muscle car. <laughs> gets out and runs down the road again the opposite direction to when the rock drove away 
It's fucking brilliant stuff, man. But that did lead to the best backlash promo ever, where The Rock shouts out down the camera, I'm going to beat you, you bald-headed whisker biscuit, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) And then, obviously, Goldberg's standing there, because you see The Rock turn and look at him go, (laughs) So, next up, one of the most anticipated rematches in WWE history, according to Michael Cole. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship match of Randy Orton, our current champion, versus John Cena. Can you hear the enthusiasm in my voice? Full disclosure leading up to this, just to highlight how excited I was for this match. Outside of hearing the chants of all the other wrestlers not involved in this match, I decided to go back through old Reading Festival posters to try and identify the <laughs> Chelsea player who was always hidden in the bottom of the poster. What? Really? Every year, for a run of years, the person who prepared the Reading and Leeds Festival posters would always sneak a, a Chelsea player in there. So one year you'd have, oh, we've got Johnny Foreigner, and then we've got Pierluigi <laughs> Casaragi and 65 Days of Static. Oh, where's the footballer in there? And then it just got really ludicrous one. You was like, ah, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbanks playing on the radio <laughs> one stage. I never realised. I don't look at those lower stages. Who gives a fuck? Because <laughs> they're the ones we'd be playing on. <laughs> That's the joke. It's because, you know, I don't care about indie bands. It's fine. Music's dead. <sighs> yeah, who cares about music? No one listens to music anymore. Nobody um, listens to techno. Nobody listens to techno. Um, so, Autumn uh, the Champ is out first. Can they do that, Joey? Now, I say boo, because the champ should always come out second. But the champ is here. (laughs) This is in no way meant to represent the crowd's response to Orton making his entrance. Because honestly, (laughs) all I can hear is Orton's music and the commentary team. The crowd give zero fucks (laughs) that the World Heavyweight Champion is here. That's because... He doesn't say the champ is here. And now Big Match John can't even say the champ is here because he doesn't even have any of the belts anymore. Mate, even in the worst, like John Cena wins lol phase or Randy Orton's our guy, we're just going to push him phase, there was some response I seem to remember. <laughs> the crowd are like having a chat between each other as <laughs> Randy Orton's making his entrance. It's so the weird. The popcorn, Mac. It's the popcorn match. They've realised... The they World Heavyweight Championship tax. Exactly. It's time for the rumble. It's time for the popcorn match. I, I was bursting out laughing in disbelief. I was like, oh my God, it's got this bad. <laughs> this quickly. Isn't it amazing how we've gone for the Dragon and Wyatt? That was a really good match. Lesnar and Heyman, what a fantastic presentation. Oh, even Hacksaw Jim Duggan on a panel is quite good for... Oh, fuck, it's Randy Orton and John Cena. Yeah, so weird. So, Randy's Orton's, Randy Orton's music dies down when he gets to the ring. There's a couple of boos, but like maybe three people are at ringside and some pumped in or whatever. They then try to do the dramatic pause before Cena enters. <laughs> And it's absolute fucking silence by the time they get to it. Like, there's no build, there's no scene of chance, there's fucking nothing. You hear the music kick in. Do <laughs> so funny. The second his music kicks in, 15,000 people boom out the fucking building, man. It's fucking banter. 
good to get a reaction. I'd rather have, you know, <sighs> John Cena's probably going, <laughs> in your face, Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> they care I got a me. reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking great booking, lads. The heel champ gets no fucking response whatsoever. Your face challenger gets booze. Just, just great booking. I mean, we're not in Seattle this week, you know? <laughs> but he beat up his daddy. His daddy's a bastard. Your, your daddy, daddy John, John Cena. Cena. <laughs> Speaking of not being in Seattle, a small delay before they ring the bell. And what do we get? Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking badder. The crowd shit on them from the moment they get a chance to. I mean, in fairness, they did get a little bit tired of Daniel Bryan chance, so we did get Randy Savage and Y2J chance as well. So, you know, don't think that... I don't want to put it over that it's purely just a Daniel Bryan crowd. We've got to give Savage an R2J. R2J? <laughs> Randy, <laughs> Randy to Jericho. Um, Y2J, their, their props to, in this. To em- emphasise what you're saying, we're two minutes into the match. Okay, they've done a brief Let's Go Cena, Cena sucks chart, which is kind of compulsory in this time, 2014, right? Two minutes into the match, I fucking timed it. Randy Orton chance, boring chance, Y2J, Undertaker chance, loud boring chance as Randy locks in the chin lock, ironically. Daniel Bryan chance again. Uh, Face Cena kicks out of a pinfall attempt to booze. (laughs) You both suck chance. And we're like four or five minutes in, dude. (sighs) This was pointless absolutely yeah. fucking pointless <laughs> there's literally an end this match chant as they're going into the finish <laughs> you actually probably heard that well that was just me shouting it from my house yeah could have been so cena five moves of doom time ref bump for fuck's sake <laughs> Rock. randy taps but there's no ref because Cena has to look good, obviously. We have to have 50-50 booking throughout every single element of this fucking match. It's not surprising no one gets over, you know? This was the beginning of 50-50 booking, though, at this time as well, wasn't it? So bad. Randy cheap shot with the belt as the ref's down. Cena kicks it too. Of course he fucking does. Randy kicks out of the FU. Cena kicks out of the RKO, and I'm like... Which just rubbing it in my face now, right? Yeah, <laughs> just don't give a fuck about professional wrestling formats. Well, no, 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 no. This is fine because obviously, if you're copying someone's finisher, you haven't spent years in training schools to perfect your finishing move. So I don't mind people kicking out of someone else's finisher. Wait, hang on, that hasn't happened yet. They're doing their own finishes that they kick out of, but they do each other's finishes which they kick out of. <laughs> and you're like, you fucking bricks! I fucking hate you. I mean, Orton's probably really tired after being pinned for a one count of that bulldog in the first minute. Fucking A. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, going for an avalanche FU. Nope, gets reversed. <laughs> Just sit on the floor and do some grappling. Cena trolls the fans and put someone in a cross face. Cena pops Orton into the STFU again. I do mean again. It's like the fifth time in this fucking match. Actually gets somewhat of a response by this point because they've done enough finishes that people are just like, oh, this is a lot, isn't it? Or it's a case of, it's finally over. It's finally over. Tap, yeah. you bastard. There's definitely an element of like that front row of fans off to the right-hand side 
just like, come on, Randy, finish it, please, just finish the fucking match. It's really funny. Anyway, as this is happening, we get that blackout. Well, Wyatt's out for the distraction because, of course, they fucking are. RKO to Cena. One, two, three, and finally, Orton ends it. This match felt like a fucking hour of my life. It was not good. It's awful. This is the sort of thing I would have expected to see on the Aces and Eights run. Yeah. Face lock. Face lock. Nobody being able to finish them with their finishers. Kick out a finisher. Face lock. This interest. Do a boring match. Kick out a bunch of finishers. Do a bullshit interference finish. That just plays WWE in this time. This main event scene. Boo. Wyatt's beat up Cena. Hey. <laughs> the crowd <laughs> chant for Daniel Bryan, who the bookman doesn't give them. You know, why would you send Daniel Bryan out in this scenario? The crowd are just 15,000 people are chanting his name, you know? Well, no, we don't, don't, want, don't, don't send we, him out. We don't want the fans to remember that Bray Wyatt's just had a long feud with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> we want to start a new feud, and we're just going to leave Daniel Bryan to open on the pre show of Sheamus. Come on. We don't, don't care about the stories we're trying to tell. <laughs> Our telling, sorry. Bray Wyatt's got a Hawaiian shirt and a lovely hat. <laughs> Look at his rocking chair. He's a freak. <laughs> Look, is that lad from Slipknot. <laughs> oh, Sister Abigail by heel Bray to face Cena and the crowd goes, yes, yes, yes. It's fucking great. Bunch of replays post-match. The production again is fucking amazing. Uh, while I'm on this, the, the graphics, the light, the camera, the ring, the s- setup of the stage, even though it's kind of boring, is, it's it's just immense, man. Everything about the production. There's not one fuck up on this whole show in terms of production. The production team must be furious because they're like, yeah. I mean, we put so much effort this into bollocks. this <laughs> and, now, and now our hard work is tarnished by a fucking face lock for 23 minutes. Fucking A, man. But even then, they make it look interesting. Like the way they shoot it, they get clever angles and stuff. They, they're not my favorite wrestling production team, but they're the, the most professional, most uh, flawless. They're just, they're, they're fucking immense, man. So Out of interest, week after week. On, a, on a production standpoint, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know the answer to this, so apologies for putting you on the spot. Plank? Do you know if AEW are using their own crew or if it's like WCW style where TNT would give them a When crew? they started, it was definitely TNT crew. I don't know now. I, I suspect it's still TNT guys, but... Tony Khan has enough money and enough say that he could definitively be like, mm, these guys weren't good enough. I want my own guys. And that show's shot very well. It's not shot as well as WWE. It's shot in a different way, which I prefer personally. But yeah, um, we mentioned this last week about sort of the, yeah. the, the, the corner post cameras. Although you do say Tony Khan's got a lot enough money, has got enough fucking money to keep Fulham up, has he? <laughs> <laughs> He's American. He don't give a fuck about the Premier League. I know well, all about that, mate. Trust me. Invest in Spotify. Buy Spotify. Buy Spotify stock, please, people. Well, Buy City have won Spotify the title. City have won the title tonight, so that's Aren't done. They? That's done and dusted. So no one needs to worry about football for the next few weeks. City have won it. Everyone's relegated. Let's all go home and support our local teams rather than our fuckwit football clubs who try to abandon us. I'll drink to that, unless they're owned by the Libertines, right? <laughs> fucking fucking <piece laughs> that one cut deep. I heard it. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Leave my football club alone. <laughs> you think the Glazers having Man United? They're dirty grass in Man United. Imagine me having fucking about them. Pete Doherty have his grubby little mitts and his all-day breakfast in Margate Seafront fucking ruining my little local football club. 
But anyway, back to I the want, proper wrestling. I want to go to LA to, to watch the Rams play just so I can smoke bomb the fucking pitch of the whole game and be like, fuck you, give me my money back. <laughs> it's my fucking stadium. We're going to piss all over this place, you know. Pillman also, by Spotify. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. I'm going to Pillman that fucking stadium, I swear. <laughs> hey, as a side note, don't forget, you can actually listen to the World of Wrestling Podcast on Spotify. Make sure you just subscribe to it. It comes into your inbox, automatically download it every week, and it's there for you. Should my caption mark is discography got uploaded the yes. other day as well. It's fucking awesome. I love that band. I miss them. That's, that's the soundtrack from my childhood, dude. Anyway, um, post-match. Just endlessly fuck me off with this. Cena's lost, right? <laughs> He's been beaten down. But we cut to a shook up John Cena walking to the back and they play his fucking music. I don't know what to tell you. Bah, 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 bah. Don't worry, guys, it's John Cena. Bah, 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 bah. Well, the young children in the crowd. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it one more time. <laughs> I, I, I really want you to go to a wrestle talk meeting and literally every time someone talks, just do that. Doing like your doing your mornings like roundups. Okay, Louis, what are you working on? So I'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking mess, dude. I just I You know like we said some of the shows in Impact when we were covering Ace and Eight where it just made you want to stop watching. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, definitively yes. Yeah. I did, it just took the wind out. You know, like we said, well, I mean, it's it's about to get a lot worse, but the it just... first two matches were so good. How can they put this shit after that? And they don't... Uh, I mean, we're seeing it uh, on Sunday with every match essentially replayed it's (sighs) (laughs) so in a moment of real levity and genuinely brought me to tears we cut to a Stephanie McMahon voiced over video package from Mae Young she died recently and um, they're doing that just that oh oh it's such a good video package Mae Young was a god the very best I loved her so much man I always enjoy hearing when Bubba Ray was like, <laughs> she went and like slapped him in the face backstage. Going, don't you dare, sugar, sugar coat, putting me through that table. You put me through that table like I'm one of the boys. And Bubba's like, <laughs> okay. She's the best, the most willing. Just ah, oh, god, man, so uh, much fun. And I'll be completely honest with you, not to be deliberately coarse. It's not meant to, but you know. The first set of tits I saw on WWE TV <laughs> on Channel Four <laughs> when they did that, and oh, I was that's like, funny. oh. Oh, but luckily the cat got hers out afterwards, so it was okay. Yeah, I was uh, live there for Insurrection when uh, Jacqueline got that boobs You had out. a what? That's <laughs> 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 funny. Uh, I'm going to move on. <laughs> so Renee backstage <laughs> with the new WWE Tag Team Champions. Oh, it's another Insurrection. Renee is here. The Penention? Penention? I can't say words. The old age outlaws <laughs> collecting their pension backstage. They beat Match of the Year nominated Goldust and Cody Rhodes on a fucking pre-show to win the belts. And if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Hit subscribe. (laughs) Sounds good. Ah, for fuck's sake. Why? Why? 
Why fucking put the belts on the outlaws? Why? Why? Literally, why? So, Vince, what I want to do, right? I'm sorry, yeah. What I want to do uh, is uh, <laughs> take my friends uh, who talk shit about us. Uh, remember VKM uh, on TNA? Uh, and uh, we're going to get the tag belts. Uh. <laughs> Don't <What>? forget uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who's the Mexican they had with them? <laughs> what, in three live crew? Oh no, that, that, oh no, sorry, that was that was K Quick, um, Road Dog and Conan, wasn't it? That was three live crew. It, it's K Dog, I want to come across from WCW. Oh yeah, yeah, no worries, send us a tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh God bless you, Max Moon. Mm. What the fuck are they thinking? New Age Outlaws is the champs. Twenty fourteen. They were bad in nineteen ninety eight. I'll take I'll take your uh, take on this right now. Fuck this company. Mm. <sighs> we can't back to commentary this is probably my highlight of the show Michael Cole is trying to send to the main event of the evening and he, there's fans behind him chanting and actually leaning on his chair <laughs> he's getting so fucking angry as he's doing this link it's fucking great man I mean bunch of obnoxious wanker fans but it's being done to Michael Cole so it's quite funny <laughs> Oh my! Oh, Maggle, <laughs> this is not good. They've just lost the. They've lost it. They've lost the flow of the show at this stage. Absolutely, it's it's dead on its fucking feet by this point. But it's time for your main event of the evening. It's the rumble. That hurt my throat. <laughs> that was very good though. Very impressive. <gasps> Thanks, man. I, I, I even put a little note here saying, do the Vince voice and then put some effort in. <laughs> like, put yeah, some okay. effort in. <laughs> oh, it's worth it. So, everyone gets a five-second promo montage. Fair enough, it's the rumble. Fun! Dango is a massive highlight here for me. He's always got a massive insurrection. <laughs> do you want to uh, repeat Dave Batista's promo for this video package? You know, Considering what we know, let's get the fans motivated. What does was his what does he say in his promo tax? Have you got it down? Well, I haven't got it down, but I'm gonna paraphrase it for you. And it's, I'm going it's... to give you exactly what Batista told you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's way too much. <laughs> Batista looks at the camera for about ten seconds and then goes Exactly. <laughs> Have you tried your gear that, on yet, it. Dave? <laughs> nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Dave, Dave, are you ready to get in the rumble? Exactly. <laughs> what do you want to say? Like uh, about Daniel Bryan being so popular? Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. Are you going to do your only line inspector, Dave? <laughs> Shit. Oh, I've had a couple of drinks now, so this is great funny to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's my new gimmick. They should have got Funaki to come out there and hype him. <laughs> so, ah, ah, Dave Batista, are you going to win the Royal Rumble? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Damien Sandow buys into the fallacy of the de definition of insanity. You know this thing? Doing the same thing repeatedly, expecting to get a different result. Yeah, that is not the definition of insanity. That's quite a good policy sometimes. It's called perseverance, you yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like trying to think about kicking a ball in a net if you're not very good at it. You just keep trying it. Sometimes it works, you know? <laughs> Fucking idiots. It's not insanity. 
moron. <laughs> That's what this really bugs me. And to finish off this promo, Ray goes, Booyaka! <laughs> Who's that jumping out the sky? No one cares. Yeah, it's 2014. Um, so back to Josh Matthew- Matthews with Flair, Hacksaw, and Shawn Michaels, who are pleasantly fucking pissed by this point. Not sure. I was very excited to see what Duggan had to say here, <laughs> and I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> These wrestlers, who are mass- retired like by quite a long way by this point, especially with um, Hacksaw, um, they-, they chat bollocks and get huge responses from this crowd. And Cena and Orton are backstage going, motherfuckers! <laughs> so funny. With the outlaws back, Jim Duggan's going, I could have a tag belt run. Oh, fucking A. Fucking A. I think Flair does with um, Piper. Piper around this time. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Hacksaw. So they all pick <laughs> someone to win the Rumble. Hacksaw chooses Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> we'll get to Dolph later in the evening. Uh, Sean picks the Shield and CM Punk. Can he do that, Joey? Unbelievable. And Flair, and Flair picks- fucks kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> Flair goes, Batista. And I'm like, I think this is called insider trading, isn't it, Dax? Yeah. Flair, who's going who's gonna to win the Rumble? Well, I've seen the board at the back, <laughs> and I'm going to pick Dave Batista. <laughs> I'm never wrong. Woo! <laughs> Fucking great. Fun. So we cut to AEW's own Justin Roberts running down the rules, and here we go. But holy shit, they cut across the crowd and AEW's own Britt Baker is in the crowd. Did you see this? I didn't spot her, no. She's rocking the Daniel Bryan shirt and she just got a drink in hand being like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like front and centre for about 30, 20, 30 seconds. Her and oh, Aubrey fucking love a bit of camera time, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this is flooded with AEW talent in the crowd in these shows. It's really funny. This is the second show we've done, the third AEW talent. I'm including Justin Roberts there, by the way. <laughs> it's talent. Yeah, sure. So, look in my eyes. What do I see? It's clobbering time. Last chance I get to do that. Oh. This is the story here throughout this whole rumble. This is Punk's last match with WWE. I always find it so ironic that one of the few people that Punk actually likes in this company. It's the one who knocked him out when he jumped in the ring. <laughs> like even in the art of wrestling on episode one hundred, uh, not episode one hundred, when like Punk basically did his tell-all interview and ended up getting Cabana fucked and out of a lot of money for sure, sure. You know, going on his podcast. Allegedly, um, in your opinion, please don't sue us. And then like him sitting there going, "Ah, uh, God damn you, Kofi Kingston!" <laughs> and when Kofi jumps in, does his little really smart jump through the ring ropes, roll in. Hits Punk with the clothesline. But even then, right, Punk doing his entrance. We mentioned this, uh, the Slammies episode we did last week. Punk just looks so... He must look like we do now, times a million, <laughs> the poor bloke. Yeah, he looks shad. He looks a little chubby. He's obviously not working out. Probably not eating right. And he pretty much goes the distance in this match. He comes out at number one. This this is also before um like a couple of weeks before this, this is where CM Punk had shat his pants on a live episode of SmackDown. Yeah, sure. Which is always good fun. And he got in trouble with WWE by going, Hey, tune into SmackDown tomorrow night and watch me shit my pants. 
<laughs> and got told to take the tweet down. And then he tweeted afterwards going, ah, this poop isn't fun anymore. That's <laughs> oh, fucking great, man. So number one is CM Punk. Number two is Seth Rollins. I won't go, I'm not going to go through the whole fucking match, but there's some few moments I want to go through, obviously. <clears throat> so at some point, Cody Rhodes comes out. I'm like, oh, pulling double duty, I see. You wrestled in the pre-show, right? So we're setting a precedent here, the precedent, sorry, that people can wrestle twice on this show. You can be in a match earlier and you can be in the Rumble. Just just keep that in mind. First elimination is Sandel getting backdropped over the top rope by Punk. Worth noting. Number five is Corporate Kane, who seems like a bit of a waste considering his Rumble history and everything, you know? Well, you know, everyone wants Kane to only be in a rumble for one minute and ten seconds. Yeah, what the fuck's that about? Furthering the storyline? <laughs> uh, Rusev makes his main roster debut from NXT. He's fucking great. You can see the potential. He's well overhyped coming into this match. I'm very excited uh, in my current real-world employment. Mm. We use a piece of software called Miro. And every time they oh, go, oh, nice. do you want to go look at the Miro board? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Matchka! <laughs> <laughs> he is my guy to watch in AW right now. He is going to be something special. He is going uh, to I, absolutely destroy Darby Allen. I would I book him to destroy Darby Allen. I would book him to be like, right, now I've got my belt. Kenny Omega, you are fucking mine. <laughs> Next night comes out, destroys the gall- gallows and uh, and it's Anderson, yeah, <laughs> gallows and Anderson destroys the box, destroys Kenny Omega, wins the bell. I'd push him to the fucking moon right now. He is terrifyingly good. <laughs> Especially after you started by going. So, uh, what's your gimmick gonna be, Miro? I like arcade, classic arcade <laughs> video games. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. But it's let him have this turn. It's like it's let him get settled. And he's in there now. When now he slammed like, Kip's arm in that door. Oh. <laughs> the way he hugged him, like a fucking psychopath afterwards. It's okay. I accept oh. your apology. <laughs> His promo. His fucking promo. You are the man that wants to die. And I am the man who will kill you. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, fuck. He's going to kill him. It's so good. Oh. Although, you know, Give as we me said, more of this. 2014 rusev who just goes in the ring and then looks a little bit lost <laughs> yeah sure but you can see the potential you know the second he's in the ring the fans are like usa usa because obviously swagger comes in we'll talk about that in a second and the all-american bollocks and stuff but he he looks like a terrifying character you know he needs developing his time he's very green but I don't know, watching this here, maybe it's just because I know who he is and where he goes and everything. But to me, this looked like uh, one of those debuts where you're like, okay, might have something here, you know? Uh, you know, he was the only NXT wrestler in this Rumble. And the fact he had to be eliminated by four people yeah. goes to show how important he was in their setting the scene for him. Mm-hmm. And again, fair play to Rusev when it was like, yeah. I had sex with my wife in that tank before we went out to WrestleMania. <laughs> what I do you mean you, tried? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so oh, Miro. Oh, Lana. 
Oh, Miro. I've seen I a couple of videos of them like on their streams and stuff. They seem like amazing people. They seem really funny and just like genuinely cool. I I enjoyed again to not really you know make myself look even more stupid than I normally do. I really enjoyed it when Lana was on Total Divas and they got Rusev to come along and Alexa Bliss had her pet micro pig and Rusev was like, "Why have you got that?" <laughs> and she was like, "It's my pet." And Rusev was like, "No, I'd eat it." <laughs> Ah, oh, he's the fucking best, man. He's so funny. So, Jack Swagger enters at number seven, We're accompanied by casual racist, racist Seb Coulter, who has a sign that reads, <clears throat> every 90 seconds, another illegal sneaks across the border. <laughs> like, just in case that gimmick was too ambiguous, you know? I'm interested to know, as a man who works in stats and compliance, where's his reference where's his glossary where's his appendix it took me a minute or two to realize he's referencing oh every 90 seconds in the rumble is what he's referencing yes but it was very cleverly done mm. gold dust enters at number 10 and honestly we're a third of the way through probably my favorite gimmick match of the year and it's boring as fucking sin nothing oh, has happened as an interesting comment so yeah. and again the first 10 it's starting to look all right, but well, this is 20, January 2014. We are mm-hmm. currently recording this in May 2021. I'm going to list you uh, wrestlers 1 to 10 who came out on this show, and you can tell me if they're active in WWE, which in fairness for this isn't too bad. So CM Punk, obviously mm-hmm. we're going to find out what happens to him. Seth Rollins, still yep. there. Damien Sandow, no, he's wrestling in nope. NWA. Cody Rhodes, wonder what he's doing these days. Kane, no. Mm, nope. Still knocks around. Rusev. He's all the fame uh, he's done, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Rusev, AW. Nope. Swagger, AW. AW. Kofi. Yeah, just about. Jimmy Uso. Yep. Jimmy's Gold great. Goldust. AW. So that's one, two, three. Three. Four of those guys in no, AW. Three. No, oh, okay. Cody. Yeah, yeah. Cody. Co- yeah. So we've got four guys in AW. One. Two, two retired, and one wrestling elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad for a for my my worry that this is just going to be all these wrestlers in in here. So that's not too bad. And as we said, so yeah. Well, <laughs> what's the point you're trying to make? I'm very confused. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just going back. Last week I complained that 2013 Slammies, everyone who was in the ring a majority of those people are still wrestling oh. in WWE today. So I'm actually going back on that, going, well, at least now there is some difference. When you look at a Rumble, you wouldn't have all these guys because they're either working elsewhere. But you've still got Seth Rollins kicking around a main event scene. But I think it's four of them end. willingly left. They chose to leave. It's not like they were forced oh, yeah. out or fired or anything. I mean, none of these guys, I mean, Cody, Goldust, Swagger. I mean, Swagger was released. Rusev wanted to go and was released. And then obviously Ambrose out at eleven, who's gone on to you know be able to be himself. Mm. Yeah, sure. Um, so are we going to talk about the Kofi spot? So Kofi comes in at number eight. He runs to the ring. Punk's ready to feed for him. Kofi does this amazing jump in from the ground through the bottom rope, rolls into the ring, jump up, clothesline Punk, and Punk doesn't tuck his chin. Thwack smacks his head into the canvas. Ouchie, ouchie, concussion central. 
that isn't what I was thinking of, but it's still good. <laughs> so is this the bit where he actually knocked him out? Like he actually has yep. a concussion here. So this is the, the Kofi's entrance and his first move in the Rumble is where Punk Damn. has said this is where he got his concussion. Because I knew it happens at some point, but I didn't know that's where. I can't remember. I haven't listened to the um the. Uh... Uh, ah, see now. So obviously, I was going for the 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 storyline element of Punk. You just want to have Kofi Kingston being quite good at jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, Kofi always has a spot in the rumble, you know. But it's the fact that Punk went through this with the the, the big cyst on his back that he's talked about, which I did keep an eye on, but I couldn't see. I'm assuming it's beneath his trunk line or whatever. Um, He's got a concussion. He looks fucking exhausted and worn out immensely. He's not getting pushed, even though he's the second most over guy on the show behind Daniel Bryan. And it's... <sighs> you, you don't feel resentful him just being like fuck you and just walking away I, I i don't blame him at all no not at all and also right so punk's in this rumble for 49 minutes and 12 seconds and they only allow him to eliminate three people which he does in the first like 10 minutes of the Jesus. rumble so that means for the remaining 40 he's pretty much in there he's just being kicked and punched until he's eliminated for Let, let's talk about his elimination his now as well so we get to the last bit right and punk's one of the very last people in the ring final four and kane who was eliminated at what like number five i think we said he was the second to be eliminated yeah he was out number he five came out number five to go. was almost yeah. immediately eliminated out of fucking nowhere just reaches in the ring grabs punk drags him over the top rope dumps him to the outside pops him through a table Pops them through a table, you know, for good measure of it. But that's it. No, no clever spot. No real reason or purpose or anything like that. Like, what immense disrespect to a man that's, you know, sacrificed his body and given you these amazing moments on TV and on pay-per-view that have inevitably earned you a shit ton of money, which is where Vince, like, you know... I think you earn respect with your the owner of the business you work for as you provide massive revenue for them. You know what I mean? It's also not great that he says in this interview, and again, it's Punk's word versus other people's, but his, he was basically saying when he went to the referee, he was like, referee, I've got a concussion. And the referee apparently said, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Jesus. And then Christ. the referee apparently got in his comms and they were like, right, we'll just send Kane out now to eliminate him. Just send Kane out now. Because obviously, Punk's done his eliminations. It's not like anyone's going to have to eliminate <laughs> CM Punk. But just send Kane out to eliminate him and dump him through a fucking table, by the way. Like, what? But that's the thing. But by the sound of things, like, poor Glenn Jacobs was sent out a lot earlier than he appeared and just had to hide. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, Kofi came out at number eight which means he would have been in there, what, about 16 minutes? <laughs> Gave Punk a concussion. Punk got eliminated near 50. So if they called Kane out, Kane's had to hide for half an hour in the crowd. Jesus Kane, Christ. you're wearing your suit trousers and your suit shoes, but not a top. <laughs> Talk Could about looking like be... a dickhead in public. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're, you're, you're the best part of seven foot tall. Could you just hide <laughs> for half an hour? How stupid. And yeah, it's... I think it was just a list of all unfortunate things because the proposed match was going to be Punk versus Triple H at Mania. Mm. The whole argument was 
Punk wanted to re- main event WrestleMania and Triple H and Vince basically said, well, you are main eventing WrestleMania. You're <laughs> wrestling Triple H. <laughs> and that's the point where Punk went, thanks, guys. Thanks very much. I'm going. I'll never forget that line. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, <laughs> you mess, are in the it? main event. <laughs> I'm so gutted that this is the last CM Punk in this run. Like, I love the Daniel Bryan stuff, but missing CM Punk is a massive issue for me because I really like him and it's been so much fun watching him come out, even in this disheveled state he's in. It's still one of the best entertainers, you know? Like, he blows kisses to the crowd at his entrance <laughs> in this match. And I fucking burst out laughing. So I'm like, oh, what an obnoxious thing to do. Even as a face, still getting cheers. And I'm like, oh, he's so over. It's crazy. I, yeah, he's being very sensible with his comments, what he's making at the moment. He is open for business if there's something that interests him. He's obviously teasing Will Ospreay with things like that, if he wanted to go to Japan to wrestle, but I don't think they'd care. I don't think he'd get as big a pop factor if he disappeared off to New Japan no. uh, to do it. I, it, I has to be, it has to be AEW because it would be the middle finger up to Vince. Yeah, it can't be WWE because of the history and the simple fact that they don't know what the fuck to do with him because they're fucking twats. Um, if he goes to New Japan, I suspect that'll be the thing in the back of his head. He's like, oh, I could go to New Japan. It's such a cool style and I do MMA. Like, you know, all this sort of shit. Simple fact is that he he's, he's not a priority. He's not as good as the wrestlers they have there. And they don't do as much story as no. AEW will do for him. AEW have got Sting and it may not be the best, the most entertaining segments in the world. But they know they constantly book him and they constantly give him things to do. And he ain't fucking wrestled. <laughs> He's done that cinematic match and taken a power bomb that was horrible to see him take. But, you know, as much as Punk may not want to work or may want to work, AW will work around that, you know? I just look at, like, list you the matches he can have. So, obviously, considering oh. that this was his debut, so he would have had a chance to wrestle Rusev. Because obviously, this is Rusev's debut on the main roster. Punk leaves. So you've got Miro, Punk. Obviously, the mate, you've got Kenny and Punk. That would be good. You can have things like, I mean, imagine having Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer, against Punk. Yeah. It, I mean, he, just... even give me like Ricky Starks and Punk. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. He could work with so many guys. Darby Allen. You know, there's a whole bunch of guys he could work with. Sammy he Guevara, won't be wrestling Darby. Sake, he know. won't be wrestling Darby Allen because he's going to die on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. But but going back to 2014, it always felt like it was so obvious to me that in a year, two years, you rock an Austin, Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk. It seems so fucking obvious to me. You build them both up as faces. You put the belts on them. Whatever you have to do. You build them up as your ultimate babyface guys. They go a year unbeaten each. And then you have face versus face at WrestleMania. Punk turns heel on Dragon. Punk is one of the best heels of all fucking time. Dragon is the most over face of all fucking time in 2014 at least. The fact that they don't have the vision to see this (laughs) blows my fucking mind. This but is the company do. that booked Austin and Rock. What but has changed? have the vision. He's main eventing with Triple H. <sighs> painful, man. <laughs> so painful to know this is how it ends. <laughs> I'm like, how fucking stupid are you? 
And look at the consequences, you know, <laughs> 17 years later. How's Raw doing, Vince? How's SmackDown ratings doing, Vince? I know they're making good money. They're the most watched things on cable. But creatively, fucking hell, it's awful. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. You guarantee, though, Watchable. that if Punk was promised the main event of 30, he wouldn't have walked out. Fuck no. I think if you'd just been like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna push you to the main event. We're gonna give you Daniel Bryan eventually, and you're gonna turn heel on him. But you need to give us six months. You know what I mean? I think he would have been okay with that. <laughs> Maybe not. He, even if they just said to Punk, "You need to go home for six months." Yeah. Do do what they did. I think he would have been like, "Thank you. <laughs> Pay yeah. me. Send me home." You know. Do what they did with Sting. Do what they did with Kevin Steen in ROH. Have yeah. the whole thing like he's gone home for a year. This lack of foresight. <sighs> Unbelievable. Anyway, back to this match. Kick punch struggle in the corner after the fun stuff with Kofi doing the jump to the outside, jump off the guardrail. It's really, really good. Um, the, the big sexy's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, big response for Dolph Ziggler, by the way. Well, he was Jim Duggan's pick. Of course, we're going to back <laughs> Duggan. <laughs> I immediately was like, is this like his hometown? I'm like, no, he's from Ohio and we're in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh. Then I remembered he was really over for a little bit. It was huge over and they just yeah. fucked up because he got a concussion. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, our truth out at number 13. I'm like, oh, at least we'll get a comedy spot. No? Oh. Okay, then. <laughs> Just uh, getting rowdy. Yeah. Kofi hits Swagger with his own boot. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> number 14. Big Daddy cool Kevin Nash. For life. Um, not Diesel, but Kevin Nash. Can't have everything your own way, you know? And at least he got an elimination as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. So <laughs> it takes Kevin Nash a while to get to the ring. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Quad himself, you know. Uh, Roman Gunji's all over the ring, eliminating tons of people. <laughs> all the shield are in by this point. And then at number 16, WWE Hall of Famer. He can barely walk. His entrance music ends. When he's only halfway down the ramp, because yes, it takes that fucking long. Are we still talking about Nash? <laughs> but so remember, I'm comparing this to Kevin Nash in 2014. The great Carly is here, boys. Awesome. What an amazing 24 seconds he pay- got paid for. <laughs> it takes him 20 minutes to get to the ring, Dax. Fuck, man. He can't walk. I feel so sorry for the dude. Like, he's so big and his knees are just like, nah, man, we're out of here. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, Yeah, he gets immediately eliminated by the shield. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, everyone vacating the ring is uh, leaving the shield and CM Punk. It's a shame for fame. Lobster head making his return. Should I do it better than that? There's two men in lines, two men in lines. <laughs> Gets a really good response making his return. Lobster Head massacres the shield. Number 19 is. Fandango! Everyone has a lovely time a bit. Goes back to silence. Number 20 <laughs> is Michael Knee's favourite wrestler, El Torito. Torito! El. Blanco. <laughs> He's a very white looking little Torito this evening. Punk and Torito get a standoff, and I'm like, 
finally a spot <laughs> it took 20 people <laughs> but like you know we get a funny spot in the rumble i guess kofi had his thing earlier and there's a few things but whatever uh they they do an awesome standoff three to runs at punk punk just puts his hand up and goes no <laughs> which gets a huge laugh uh sweet has his spot until fandango destroys <laughs> el torito with an elbow which i pissed myself laughing at Nothing like seeing a grown man punch a midget. <laughs> uh, can he say that, Joey? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but it's funny. <sighs> <laughs> but it's okay, because Torito gets his revenge eliminating Fandango. You know, progressive, progressive WWE. That's right. Dolph Ziggler, R-Truth, The Great Carly, Jimmy Uso, Jack Swagger, Rusev, Uso, Bradshaw, Rowan, Ryback, Del Rio, Mysterio, Langston. They don't eliminate anyone, but El Torito does. Yep. So the other real American, Antonio Cesaro, coming from Switzerland, enters at number 21. Again, accompanied by casual racist Seb Coulter, who has a follow-up sign to his one from earlier about people crossing the border every 90 seconds. It says... <laughs> you could time it yourself, but they stole your watch. <laughs> that is fucking racist. But every 90 seconds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, Bridge. It's January 2014. Antonio Cesaro, who has since lost his first name, mm. um, does this swing for 20 spins to Seth Rollins. <laughs> now, I get the feeling like when I was watching Mania that I might have seen this before. Yeah, seven years we've had it. Fuck me. Torita! <laughs> As Jey Uso enters at number 23, Michael Jordan's number, uh, you can start to hear a bit of discontent in the crowd. I'm like, oh, Still seven to go, though. Maybe they're saving Dragon for the big, you know, the John Cena spot, number 30, maybe. Or, you know, maybe they'll do the funny thing and have him come out at 27 because that's the spot that most people have won the Rumble for, didn't you fucking know? And as we said at the start of the pod, bookending your show. Massive pop for yeah. Dragon at the beginning. Massive pop at the end. Yeah, Everyone's himself. Happy. Doesn't Perfect. have to win the Rumble, but gets his moment in the sun you know yeah yeah that's what we're going mm. for well maybe he'll be out at 24 yeah, three we've had people two doing... one <laughs> and... hang on do you think jbr knew he was entering oh yeah definitely okay bradshaw <laughs> knew he was entering so Roman reigns could eliminate him followed <laughs> by there, yeah followed by me looking at this going hmm did I last longer than Bradshaw in all my battle roles combined in SEPW, <laughs> or did he just beat me in this one appearance? <laughs> well, he's got more time than me, that's for sure. Got to have a gimmick. Got to always be the first one eliminated. That's funny. That's funny shit. Fucking A, bro. <laughs> Number 26. Ryback gets lost in his own vest as he enters the ring. Feed me more. <laughs> He's so funny. He's got like a sleeveless, sideless vest on. It couldn't be easier to take off. It's got no sides, no sleeves. And he goes, Bruh! <laughs> stuck on his head. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I love. 
It's always good for a bit of banter, man. Fucking moron. <laughs> Recently retired Ryback. <laughs> I love how the crowd sarcastically go, Goldberg! Goldberg! <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. And the only time anyone's ever had a much more witty retort than that is like the night after Mania, night after Mania 19. <laughs> and they're going, Goldberg, Goldberg to the rock. And then the rock turns around and goes, hey, don't think you're clever because you know the rock's accountant, Ira Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Seth Rollins and CM Punk, one and two, are still in here 40 minutes later. Very impressive. Especially with the concussion and all that sort of bullshit. Number 28, Batista making his return. Reasonable mana, little pop. Mana, 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 shorts right up into my <laughs> ass crack. I walk alone to the seamstress. Good wrestling theme. Very good wrestling theme. Much more fun when you watch Woods do the entrance, though, <laughs> yeah, as a sure. fan. See, Batista in 2014, I'm like, ah, gives a fuck. Now I know he's Drax the Destroyer. I'm just like, this guy's awesome. And also his Twitter. I quite like his Twitter. I've not really spent much time on Batista's Twitter. You should. It's entertaining. Um, so 29? He gets, oh, sorry. Hold yeah. on. He gets, let's talk about Batista a little bit because it's kind of important. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, he gets a reasonable little pop, but then the music stops and kind of to my surprise, a little bit, immediate boos. Like, I would say 40% of this crowd boo him out the ring straight away. Well, going into the Rumble, you know how all, all around this time it seemed to be quite popular to start having betting odds on professional wrestling. Mm. Leading into this, like the odds were, ah, it's going to be Batista. Oh, right. So instantly, yeah, sure. the fact that he's come out so late in the day, um, you know, with essentially 15 minutes of the Rumble left, everyone's been like, ah, fuck. But the good thing is, and I think we'll see this a lot in independent wrestling, uh, in the coming months as things are relaxed here in the UK. What was really nice to see is Dave Batista came down the aisle, gave one clothesline, and was like, <gasps> fuck! He's <laughs> 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 already gassed. But, oh, Dave. So, but, yeah, he's... Yeah, hmm. Batista eliminates a couple of people, including Bertie River. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to subtly say this. Um, you know, there's that lame wrestling channel that I'm not the biggest fan of. Yes. Did you notice that this week they promoted Del Rio's side of his woman beating and kidnapping story? Well, I mean, when you look at the people who might personally be working with that uh, alternative website, uh, the, you know, the bunch of thieving arseholes that they are, in my ver- my personal opinion, of my of Tex Williams, not of anyone else affiliated with this podcast, mm. um, I'm not surprised that such fuckwits would uh, support um, an equally a fuckwit of the same level. It's nice in this these closed pan- these, these global pandemic times where we all want to support one another that the fuckwits stick together. Yeah. Turns out probably that you'll end up going there and all of the people who work for that other website and also fucking Del Rio will probably go yeah, COVID's fake and vaccines are shit, aren't they? <laughs> um, on the same subject, not the COVID bit, but the bit prior to this. You know, if it was a really lame way of putting it. <laughs> uh, you might want to check out Rob Van Dam's Twitter feed just to emphasize the point I'm making here. So uh, Daniel Bryan chants as 29 is Biggie. So we get Daniel Bryan. Crowd are just like, 
So you're going to give us Daniel Bryan, right, Vince? <laughs> At this point, this, this, this was brilliant <laughs> because we got the countdown. So fair, good old Biggie coming out at the end, and then you had the countdown. Hang Everyone on, hang, stands hang up. Hang on, yeah. So it builds and it 10, builds. Nine. And it builds. Eight. Yes, yes. The desperation for their yeah. hero. <laughs> and they even do the dramatic pause. So three, two, one. Uh, everyone, you can cut the tension of a knife as they're getting ready to welcome the champion of champions, the hero of our series. And what do they hear, Rich? Booyaka, booyaka! Who's that jumping off the boat? <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in Little Ray's career, he hears boots. The man who has never turned heel in WWE once in his whole career just gets 15,000 people going, No, that's not what we wanted. What are you doing? Where's Dragon? What? Ray gets in the ring. The music calms down, and all you can hear is Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, that was it. The whole place just lost its, and and not in a good way. Yep. Like, and no now, coming back from this. And uh, now we're in the stage where Rey Mysterio, the ultimate babyface, and Big Dave Batista, anytime someone hits them, it's like, <laughs> Batista and Rey, the two most hated heels in the business in the yeah. ring. It's fucking great, man. There are four or five humongous edits on the network around this time where they're definitely cutting out the response and some of the chants and stuff. I seem to remember there were like lots of like fuck this match chance and things of that level that they've definitely cut out. So as people get eliminated, the boos start to grow. <laughs> until, un- until a few people get eliminated, and then there are huge cheers. <laughs> My favourite of all, genuinely, like yeah. poor Bray Mysterio when Rollins chucks Mysterio out and Rollins gets the <laughs> biggest pop of the biggest pop of the night. And just to rub it in, there is like Daniel Bryan <laughs> as he gets eliminated. And you're like, it's not his fault. <laughs> I understand. It's fine. So just to kind of finish this off, we get some shield issues. Roman ends up eliminating Cesaro, Ambrose, and Rollins all at the same time. Um, so we're left with CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Lobs the Head, and Dave Batista. Everyone gets a finisher. And for no good fucking reason, Kane jumps up in the apron grabs punk out the ring etc etc what a crock of shit can't believe we don't get to see cm punk anymore uh for me it's the moment cm punk gets dragged out the ring is like that's it that's the last hope of me giving a shit about this Fifteen thousand people are just like what that was like the one thing you could have given us to make us somewhat okay with this was cm punk winning or at least being in the last two and just to disgrace them like that. And just to be like, nah, fuck your money. Fuck you for buying tickets to this. We're just going to shit on it, but just by dragging him out of the ring, you know? A guy who isn't even in the fucking match anymore. But he's going to, it's going to set up that main event feud. He's going to be in the main <laughs> event of Mania. He doesn't need to win the Rumble. <laughs> Crowd finally turn on this match entirely. All interest is, is, go- interest is gone. 
boos and chants of no, 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 flood the arena. Great work, Booker Man. Roman eliminates Sheamus, getting 12 eliminations. Hmm? I mean, Roman, genuinely. Yeah, because they're like huge anyone but Batista. <laughs> the most over Roman spin in the face. Sure, yeah. So uh, at this point, Roman breaks the eliminations, the most. Uh, Sorry, breaks the record for the most eliminations in a Rumble ever. You can obviously tell they've got big plans for Roman down the lines. I wonder how that worked out. Um, it's good now, but it was pretty bad for a while. Uh, we're left with Roman and Batista. And the crowd starts to get behind Roman. Feels like it's because, you know, at least it's something different. Uh, another huge edit point here. I suspect they cut out lots of chanting and all sorts. Uh, Roman, the heel, getting big cheers. Batista, the face, getting big boos. Batista throws out Roman. What? <laughs> like, no clever spot. Nothing, just just lob out the guy and that's the match, yeah? Fucking hell. And this is this is the thing, right? And I was, you know, like I said last week, I was like, oh, well, imagine this whole booking decision if it was purely to troll the fans to make them want Dragon even more. But the only reason, well, you know, as we've, we've alluded to, the reason why things change up now so drastically is because Punk walks out. Yeah. I, I can't kid myself genuinely anymore at this stage thinking their plan all along was to dangle that carrot with everyone in, in the Rumble, not have him be there, and then have him come in to be the wonderful champion that we want him to be. Because had Punk not left, Punk would have wrestled Triple H and they would have still left it as Big Dave and Randy because Big Dave's just won the Rumble. And we all know the winner of the Rumble gets to fight for the belt. And as there's only one belt now, that's your main event. Yeah, I fully believe that. I fully believe that they've gone, oh, damn, CM Punk's gone. We can't stand all these chants on TV every week, even though he's not going to be here. Let's give them Daniel Bryan as a distraction. Let's give them what they want, you know. And still no fucking ice cream bars. Fucking A, brother. Fuck this company. Batista wins the Royal Rumble. What a bunch of bollocks. Batista gets booed, even though he's meant to be a face. Batista points at the, points? <laughs> points at the sign for his pyro to kick in. More booze. And we escape fucking quick. Yeah, absolutely. The first two matches of this pay-per-view gave me tons of hope. I was hoping the Rumble and the Cena Auto match weren't as bad as I remember. They were worse than I remembered. They are so fucking bad. Boring. You can't have a Rumble. That's the thing. The Rumble without spots. I mean, think of the 2020, the 2020 Rumble, where you had Lesnar as number one and just fucking eliminating the first 15 guys. And I've heard some people go, that was really dull. That was brilliant. That I is probably it. my second favorite Rumble of all time. Because they gave you Drew. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's like, also, yes, if it was just Brock fucking eliminating people, I still would have even loved that. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was fucking amazing. I would have I loved it if they'd gone like all the way through. They could have yeah. gone all the way through and he beats everyone 1 to 30, which would yeah. be hilarious. I still but think he... they could. I still think they could, dude. It would be amazing. And even then, when they had Keith Lee come out and have cut the camera cut to it, and Lester goes, fuck, big boy. Oh, big boy. <laughs> And he was dancing along to like MVP's music and stuff. I'm coming. <laughs> so fun. I love Brock. 
oh i want brock all the time but then he would ruin it he has to be a special attraction i get it i totally get it but like you said the first two matches of this card had two of our favorite wrestlers of yeah. of a wwe product and hands down from my memory this is the worst Royal Rumble I've ever watched. Yep, absolutely. I've watched the really early ones and they've got fun silliness all the way through them, even though it's way more just punch, kick, brawl in the corner, or whatever it is, struggle in the corner. Um, and there was always a moment. There was always a feud. And I know they teased yeah. it with the shield and I know we've got the cane pull out, but it was shit. I remember a yeah. rumble where you had Randy Savage run down the aisle, jump over the top rope and start beating the shit out of Jake Roberts, throw him over the top rope and jump over the top rope to go after him. And it's those moments that you go, this is great. And no disrespect to Kofi, you doing a long jump from the railing to the ring whilst it's impressive is not a memorable moment because we know you're athletic. And then you fucking flunked it a few years later going, I've landed on some pancakes. Yeah. It's like, I don't mind not giving me what I want as a fan because it's storytelling like you know i watch a tv show the people who i like in those tv shows don't always win sometimes they die because it makes you care more like it's just good storytelling this is not that this is we're just gonna give you all the people you find incredibly boring and tedious and we're gonna shove them down your throat until you fucking like them and it's similar to what this other program watch at the moment called daniel levy What's and all I have key? is shit thrown down my throat <laughs> and told to like it. Yeah, sure. And it's just, you know, I'm really excited for this run because, you know, the result may be favorable for our hero. You know, mm. hence why we're doing, doing the run. But, man, this is the real turning point for me in my WWE fandom where it yeah. goes from... I will watch Raw religiously every week and keep up to date with the storylines. Two, I am, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll, I'll listen to a podcast to get the results so I know what's going on. I'll, I'll read the dirt sheets just to see who's fucked up or done something stupid. But it's, just got, to the, but it's just got to the point now. And I thought originally that it's because since my daughter was born, I was like, well, I literally have no spare time. And if I'm going to have spare time, I'm not going to dedicate three hours of it to watching Raw every week. If I've got free time, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I thought, well, maybe that's why I dropped off being a massive like watch every week fan. But this is 2014. This is three years before my daughter was born. And I remember after this and after Punk had gone, after Dragon had had to had medical issues later on in the year and sort of sometimes had to relinquish belts through getting hurt etc i have no interest there's no characters that interest me and the problem i find at the moment with the wwe product is that the one wrestler who i thought could have re reinvigorated my interest in the business turns out he's a massive wrongan allegedly allegedly <laughs> allegedly and then i'm sitting there thinking well who have I got left to really sort of bank on from NXT to come up and have a good good time? Keith Lee could have been great. Give me Keith Lee and Brock. That'd be nice, but they won't. Give me Karrion Cross and John Cena. Don't so, Karrion Cross. Just I don't don't mean to cut you off, but like you know something that the um I think it was actually Tempest or Luke pointed out on today's pod stream that made me go, oh God. Think about the guys on the main roster you don't really want to watch wrestle. <laughs> okay. So I'll start with Baron Corbin. 
Who else would you not really want to watch wrestle? I can. It's quicker if I just list who I would. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's that that mid card vortex of just guys that you're just like, really? Do we do we have to do this? So, Miz, Baron Corbin, um, Humberto Carrillo, oh, Angel Garza. That's funny. But think about when guys come up from NXT. Who do they always put them with? It's Baron those Corbin, guys. The Miz. And John then Morrison's what hairstyle. <laughs> then what happens to them? They, they disappear off TV. <laughs> it's like... This formula doesn't fucking work. Why do you keep doing it? What we could also do is bring up some really good talents and we'll call them Teabag and Slapnuts. <laughs> Jizz. <laughs> Jizz. And, and Mercedes Martinez sitting back down in the NXT going, I dodged a fucking <laughs> bullet there. But we'll put two of them on TV without masks, but we'll keep the names, right? Yeah, yeah, the names are the good bit. <laughs> oh, Mackie D and Teabag together. Oh, my days. Poor Donald <sighs> But th- yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Sure. And this is, this is what we're finding two episodes into the story. The fans are telling WWE this is what we want. We want to have the baby face chase. We want to have the new baby They're face They're pretty chase. fucking vocal about it, mate. <laughs> it's like two hours of chanting Daniel Bryan on this show. But have you noticed it? I mean, and, and again, I think the last 12 months, it's difficult to judge. Well, I say it's difficult to judge. It's impossible to judge because you've not really had fans. And the Mania fans yeah. were... They're getting away with a lot of shit, aren't they? <laughs> oh, man. When they start touring, if they start touring, and that's a big thing, because Vince at the moment has control over everything. He doesn't like being told what to do. It's, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to diverge too far off because we've gone on quite long again. But, yeah, this was the turning point for me. Genuinely, this rumble, when it's a case of you are not going to follow what your audience, your paying audience, wants to try and encourage you. And this is the thing. Had they gone with Dragon and they put him in the rumble and he not won? But got to the like the last two, and then have Batista throw him out, and then they tease that, and then that goes on to elimination chamber or something like that. I'd accept it. Yeah, that's I'd where you're like, it. that's good, solid storytelling. No problem with yeah. that whatsoever. I, I, to I'd not give you it. at all, and hope you'll just forget about it because this is the guy we want to push. Fuck you guys, you know. And it just goes back to the whole thing, you know. The customer's always right, and at the end of the day, WWE's customers are saying, "This is the product we." Daniel Bryan's the PlayStation 5 in the current terminology. Everyone wants him, and not everyone can get him. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> he wants a well, PlayStation. Got a I PC, son. <laughs> but it's a sought-after commodity. You just tapped into my gaming mentality there of like, Alpha Club, I'm the top dog. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking PlayStation nubs, get back on them. <laughs> anyway, it's a sought-after commodity. Here's Bitcoin. I want some Bitcoin. It's really I'll high value. Yeah. I'll fuck off. I sold all <laughs> my Bitcoin, actually. <laughs> I'm buying a house. <laughs> that sounds yeah. much more grandiose than it was the three quid of Bitcoin. You said. <laughs> I sold all my Bitcoin. <laughs> I bought a house. <laughs> so uh, we need to round this up because it's getting quite late. Uh, so this two cornflakes. Two, uh, two yeah. cornflakes. Yeah, this is a two at the very most. And those first two matches are world-class fun but they're the rest four to five is... cornflakes and the rest yeah. of the, the rest of the cereal just brings it down it's like when you've got it's a bowl so of cereal bad. and you've got those two rotten cornflakes in there the yeah. black burnt ones it's like, like you yeah. give me the best meal in my existence with the best fillet steak 
like the best you know potato duffin wah, like whatever if you have a big dog shit on the plate as well with it i'm not gonna eat it you know? <laughs> i don't know if i'm more entertained by your fake accent for, for duffin wild potatoes <laughs> or i just go and if you've got this lovely fillet steak and a dog shit on the plate <laughs> where do you eat do, do you only buy do you wwe only buy... apparently <laughs> so do you only buy your meals with bitcoin so uh i feel like this is the low point i have high hopes for the next 12 weeks i think we're doing this got a long way to go yeah i mean at least i know i get the the insurrection i need at the end yeah i was about to, to say the insurrection guns all over your insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> but i also am a little bit apprehensive because obviously mm. wwe i'm sure were convinced they'd be able to get punk back after a month so we're not gonna <laughs> i think WWE like because yeah. like vince the no, delusion is real said, you know punk's even said like a couple of weeks later after saying i'm not fucking working here anymore and the vince texts him going you ready to come to whack to work pal <laughs> and punk's like fuck you fuck you buddy so find out how this story goes join us next week for part three the 27th of january 2014 episode of raw uh i am at fanboy rich on twitter what are your social media buddy social media I'm social media williams then again because i spoke over you i'm at the text williams on facebook and twitter i will be recording some more classic content for pro wrestling all stars in the next week or so so keep an eye out on the social platforms for that one of my favorite promotions to work with absolutely this is a lot of fun man well, the show is terrible, but the podcasting about it is fun. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you next week. But before we go, remember, if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us get found by other listeners. And if you also want to support what we do on the podcast, head to amazon.co.uk, search World of Wrestling Podcast, buy yourself a t-shirt, buy yourself a hoodie. They are very, very good. And to also help Rich and his football club, uh, Spotify. Subscribe yeah. to Spotify. Download Spotify. Spotify. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Get all your podcasting needs. <laughs> I can't believe I'm promoting this. They're not even paying us. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Love you lots. Bye-bye. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get,